0: Coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 35. In today's show, we discuss a lot of new gear like the Pilot Fly H2, draycast LED 160, Bright Tangerine Arm, Phantom 4 Pro Plus, DJI Ronin M, and the SWIT D TAP battery. We delve also into the difficult discussion of the Panasonic GH5 versus the Sony a6500. I'm Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready! It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move! Let's go! Here we are in a brand new year of 2017, and you have joined one of the most exciting podcasts that there is in the universe. And I speak <laughs> about the one and only Tech Move Podcast. I am Rod Louis, and with me, as always, is the lovely and attractive <laughs> Keith Moreau. Keith, happy New Year to you.
1: Ah. Oh. Thanks, Rod, and it, it's. Uh, I'm just I get, just finishing up with my makeup and and foundation here. The, the, it takes a lot to get to stay beautiful.
0: The yeah. fantastic, beautiful and attractive <laughs> Keith Moreau. Uh, you know, it is 2017, and just as we and when I say we, Tech Move ended 2016 with a big bang. We are continuing that bang with a new episode here in 2017. Don't worry, folks. Don't get used to it. We'll It'll take us months to get out the next one. But nonetheless, we want to <laughs> wish you all a very happy and prosperous 2017 from Keith and myself. And we want to thank you for joining us here for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Uh, where you are pretty much walk away from this uh, podcast knowing a little bit less than you did when you first started. So, and more confused, more confused, and a little bit dumber. But thank you very much, uh, because, uh, I get that every time I record a segment. Uh, Keith, uh, I want to start off this, uh, a uh, brand new uh podcast that we have here on Tech Move mm-hmm. with a as as we ended 2016 I was talking about how I am very hot on getting uh moving into the Sony space of cameras and maybe picking up an A6500 right right i am still on that path but i want to say thanks to you you almost <laughs> derailed that yet again <laughs> As you often do. That's what I'm here for. With the announcement from Panasonic with a brand new Panasonic GH5, which has been upgraded, redesigned, and filled with tons of features. Now, you sent me a text on that. And uh, just as I was about to click purchase uh, for my A6500, I pretty much threw the computer right out the window <laughs> to destroy it from being able to uh, submit until I got a chance to investigate what is going on with the GH5. Uh, I have to say that I was quite excited to hear that the timing was such the GH5 had been announced. Now, uh, Keith, correct me if I'm wrong, but it had just gotten uh, announced. I want to say mid December
1: is that correct? uh I think it was maybe later than that. It was pretty darn recently
0: It was really super recent, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't it also i kind of sworn that it was like uh announced at some one of those camera
1: Oh, uh, C C E S, but that C E S is actually kind of still going on.
0: That's still going on. I thought it was done before or, that at Photokina or something like that. Or uh,
1: I think there were rumors of it. Let me see. I think I texted you the day that it was announced. Ah. So just check the date of my l- text. L- let
0: me check that that horrifying text that I got, which was uh uh very uh very alarming to me. Yeah, which it was
1: only a few days ago.
0: Oh, Wednesday. It's, it was just last Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, fourth. was that all? Oh, it was yeah. just oh. See, see how my in my <laughs> fluster, I thought that weeks had elapsed. Already. So I think you've
1: been concentrating your your investigations. I I had been. Time has stopped. Because you know what you.
0: I I I will tell you this. Uh, it, it, you let me know. I was it, forget work. I I said you know work that's gonna wait. I gotta investigate what's going on with this GH5. I, I know need we have to know. our priorities. We have our priorities. We have mm-hmm. our priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith, I want to share with you some of the highlights. Actually, I'm going to go. Um...
1: You know, it's really funny Is I'm actually looking at the BNH site that you recommended and yes. I'm looking at all the questions. And I think most of the questions were posed before the actual specs were announced. Yes. So all the answers are, uh, we'll wait and see, wait and see, yeah, like here's one um will the g h five have a global shutter, and the answer is the camera is still in development, so we cannot say for sure at this time, and it was actually asked October thirtieth of twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <laughs>
0: l- 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 let, me, let me run through a couple of the highlights that we have here, okay? Okay, okay. okay. So, uh, uh, so what, what they promoted is, uh, of course, this is the GH5. This is a 20.3 megapixel camera. Mm-hmm. Comes equipped with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth with a 3.2-inch LCD. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the 20.3 megapixel, it's still on the micro four-thirds with uh, no low-pass filter, it mm-hmm. shoots 4k video internally all right uh, and it, it does some uh, it does uh, v- variable f- uh, video frame rates in 4k max of 60 frames per second uh, and up to also what 180 frames per second. right And I think one of the most attractive things on the camera is the five axis. Uh, image in-body image stabilization,
1: right? Which uh, we were are pretty sure that that would have because all their other newer every, versions yeah, have it,
0: and yeah. everyone else is coming up with it, and all this yeah. kind of stuff, and yeah. and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, uh, some some pretty uh, some fairly uh, uh, interesting uh updates to it oh, also on the H site they also indicate that what well, this is a there it has a venus engine image processor mm-hmm. whatever the heck that means but uh you know when i read that i always want to sing the uh that old song venus hey v anyway i don't know that one i know you don't that's beyond <laughs> that's beyond your years young man uh, so, you know, Hey, you know, uh, Oh, and then, and then as far as photo goes, it shoots, I think in 6k.
1: Well, it does that 6k photo mode, which is right. Just like rapid fire. Right. Bird, it, like video. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: It's, it's, it's almost like a, 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 in a burst mode. Yeah. And, uh, let's see, what else does it have? uh built in Wi-Fi. Oh, it has a 225 area advanced depth uh uh autofocus system. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see what else uh, oh and uh personally and I don't know why I'm gonna say this but it just sounds funny anyway has dual SD card slots in it. So that's uh, actually pretty cool. One of my favorites there. So yeah, uh that's whether it be cool. for continuous shooting or backup or what have you mm-hmm. in what seems to be a body that is not much bigger than the GH four. Uh, I think I, it's just slightly
1: bigger. I think it's sli- I think it's slightly taller. Would that be correct? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I actually don't know the exact. Uh, Could be. I've heard what I've heard is just kind of like a little bit bigger all around.
0: Yeah, just a little bit bigger, but pretty mm-hmm. amazing for for being able to fit in another card slot and all this kind. of stuff. and I think the thing that's kind of interesting about it is that I I believe it has a full HDMI output. Yeah, uh, it has uh, a
1: full-sized um, connector. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty cool. So here's the thing that you didn't mention, which okay. I think is, in my opinion, for video, okay, um, is is like the biggest feature. It's got a internal 422 10-bit recording at 4K.
0: I was going to mention that, but I didn't know how to read it. So I said, <laughs> uh, I, I, I said uh, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, 10-bit 422 internal recording. Internal,
1: yeah. a big internal. deal. And that's yeah, that's that's unprecedented. So that's the thing that's gonna. So what I like about this camera is that's the thing that's gonna drive all these the Sony's and the other, maybe the other manufacturers to record higher quality internal video. Because that's pretty that's pretty darn good. That's starting to get like pro level internal video.
0: Is, is that uh, kind of like Atomos type of uh, recording right there?
1: Yeah, that's well, actually it's. Yeah, it's it's Atomus. Although it de- it really depends on the camera. Um, the Atomus external recorders and and pretty much all the other recorders can usually record 10 bit, 422. Mm-hmm. But it really depends on what the camera can output. Mm-hmm. So you know some cameras just can't output 10 bit. Bu- 10 bit. They usually output 422 color, but they don't usually output 10 bit luminance values. So uh, that 10 bit internal recording is is pretty darn good for for 4K. That's unprecedented. Yeah. Um you 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 won't even get that in the higher end uh camcorders like the like the the cheapest camcorder that you might get that in with with a kind of advanced codec you know not raw recorders like the black magic but but um would be maybe the f s seven and that's that's still like eighty eight thousand eighty five hundred dollars right so you have a two thousand dollar camera that's recording ten bit internal video right at a at a pretty high bit rate that's that's the thing yeah. That's the thing. So if you're into that 10-bit space because you want to do some grading and, and, you know, that's very, very attractive for a $2,000 camera. Uh,
0: it also features full HD video up to uh, 180 frames per second or 12 frames per second of continuous shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also can record uh, 4K video. Up to forty. Uh, I'm sorry. Up to sixty frames per second. Right at that ten bit four two two. So.
1: Um, so where are you? Where are you seeing these specs now? Because my specs don't quite match your specs. Uh,
0: it's looking uh, right on the B and H thing. This really? In, Just like at the
1: product highlights or some uh, other space. Uh, in
0: the in the summary. In the summary. Uh, very top of the thing.
1: Because I well, this is probably wrong because I think you're right. What you read, but I see internal four two two ten bit four K video at twenty four thirty. So I think I might be looking at a different page than you. Let me hmm. see.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I. Don't, uh, yeah. Oh, and then you know what? They actually have firmware updates scheduled. Oh that, yeah. That that they're already announcing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh uh. We'll get to that later, but uh, but there, but there is a lot of growth. That it seems this GH five is going to be able to go through here. Uh, yeah, th- this seems to be not one of those that's just going to be a one and done type of thing. Um, whereas it, you'll be able to upgrade through various firmware updates, patches, what have you. So, yeah.
1: I think I think some of these features that they're actually advertising won't be available at the first first right. very uh, sale of these. They they're relying on that on that update. Um like for a, I think the 10-bit internal recording is not available on the on the first version. Do you
0: think they're going to charge for that?
1: I don't think they'll charge for the 10-bit. I'm oh. hoping the one. I think I know they're going to charge for the V-log.
0: Oh, right. They will charge for the V-log, which is what they were doing with the GH4, is that correct? Yes. It's like at, 100 at about 100 $100? $100, yeah, $100 to unlock it. Is it worth it to do that?
1: Um I think if you're a pro video shooter, you just it's it's not that much money. Right. So So you're just going to do it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if, if I get it. you know. Haven't right. Haven't
0: well, one thing I'd also like to bring up, and here, here's the thing that they're really promoting here that I have actually taken a little bit of issue with, is they say that uh, it has sensitivities uh, for ISO of up to 25,600, mm-hmm. which is quite an impressive number, right, especially for a GH5. Mm-hmm. But in a micro four-thirds, Keith, is even going beyond 1,000 or 1,200 ISO going to be even doable with this
1: camera? Is it even going to be usable? So here's the thing, Rod. I'm going to just put a little fly in your ointment again. Okay. I know You're really hot on the a6500. And, and,
0: and, 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 I'll, and let, let's review with some of our first-time <laughs> listeners here. The reason why I'm moving from my GH system is because... I just need better low light performance and micro four thirds. I just don't know if it's going to give it to me or not. I just yeah. don't know. I I'm, I'm do a lot of things indoors. I do a lot of uh, 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 photography indoors and uh, it, 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 it's just a little bit painful with my GH1, uh, you know, and, and with now ISO going up to twenty five, six hundred. You know, I, I don't know how much, how much better it can really get on a micro four-thirds
1: system. Go ahead. Uh, uh, pop my balloon. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, it, just all things being equal, and we, we said this before in a few other podcasts, you know, the, the bigger the sensor is, the more light it's going to gather. Correct. It's just physics. Correct. It's like a big lens on a telescope is going to gather more light than a little lens. Right. And, and that, is, that cannot be changed. But what can be changed is the technology that's on the sensor. So, sensors have progressively been getting more and more sensitive over the years. You know, like the first digital camera had terrible sensitivity. You know, it, it, was, it was basically worse than ESA 100. Sure. You know, okay. it just and, and really low res to to start with. It's like, no, there's no reason why you'd even want one of these cameras. I got one, but... Okay. <laughs> right. Like one of the first Apple Quick Take cameras I had that. Sure. It was like less than... DV resolution or something. <laughs> it, was like, it was like 700 by 400 or something right, like that. Right, right. Um, and, you know, it, you could have to shoot outside. You really couldn't shoot inside without a flash. Um, you know, so obviously even the GH1 is way better than, than that one. Yes. You know, and that's like a span of 10 years, right? Correct. So so it, it's possible that a, a micro four third sensor could have acceptable uh, low light capabilities, like low light capabilities that would fall within your current standards of what you, you might expect in your situations, you know, indoor lighting, low level indoor lighting, which is what you, you want the Sony cameras for. That's why you're hot on the Sony cameras. That is correct. So there's a lot of talk on the low light capability of the GH5. There's actually some tests been done with not even super fast lenses, you know, like 2.8 to four lenses. And a lot of the people that are doing these tests uh have have noticed that it is actually appreciably better than the GH4, like a lot better. Really? The low, yeah, the low light performance. It's not it's not just a little bit better. It's a lot better, like 2 to 3 times as good. So, um for example, I I personally w- when I shoot at 1600, I start noticing the grain on on the GH4. Okay. Right. So I, correct. Yeah. So I have to start, and the grain is not pretty. It's ugly grain for some reason on the GH4. They're just. It's not as pretty. Like if you start bumping up the Sony's or Canons, their their noise, you know, at least on the Canon um, Cinema line, is it's actually pretty nice, and even on the Sony's it's pretty nice. But on the GH4 it's like grainy and it patterny. It looks like snow. It looks like snow. Like bad reception. Yeah. It just it it looks it looks gritty. Yeah. And yep. and the other ones don't look as gritty. They look a little softer. Mm. So, um, yeah, so you don't want to bump it up just cuz if you do it doesn't look as good. But um what I'm hearing is this, you know, it's obviously a new sensor in this GH5 and they've also got better processing on the back end. And that's the, that's the thing. Sensor plus processing equals noise performance. Mm. And I think they're getting uh supposedly they're doing kind of like a interpolation type of noise reduction. Where it actually measures multiple frames in a row to see uh, what the what the real noise of the sensor is, and actually that's kind of a new technique for canceling out noise on a sensor, Mm. especially in video, is you can actually you can either increase the resolution, it's called super resolution technology, or you can decrease noise by uh, you know taking a little dot there that wasn't there before in the previous frame, saying oh if that dot wasn't there and it's there in this one, that's not the image. Because that dot one just pop here and there. That's actually noise. So we're gonna get rid of that. And through that kind of smart noise reduction, um, they can actually make it seem like it's a lot better than it should be. So, so see, people are using 3200 and 6400 ISO with more than acceptable results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and just four years ago on my 5D Mark II. 6400 was crap. Right. And that's a full-frame sensor. That's even bigger than your A6500. Right. Like, a lot bigger. So, in just a few short years, uh, something at, at 6400 on, on a, on a full-frame sensor is not as good as this GH5, I think.
0: So, So, this new 20.3 megapixel digital live MOS sensor mm-hmm. mixed with the Venus engine... Mm-hmm. you're saying could very well deliver
1: some marked improvement from even the GH4. I think it's, I, I personally think it, it's two to three times as good.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And, and, and even there, you know, it, it might still, so once you bump it up to 6,400, maybe it'll be the equivalent of 1600, which to me was the, the limit of acceptable ISO. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and even there, maybe it's even nicer looking because they've changed the algorithm so that the noise generated isn't so ugly. Uh-huh. It's more pleasing. Uh-huh. Kind of like film grain as opposed to digital grain. Right. So I would I would say, you know, it's it's like until this is out and people actually, you know, lots of people different test it and you look a lot of samples, you won't know for sure if it's acceptable to you. Is it as good as the A6500? Most likely not. Mm-hmm you know i think i think sony's got it down with the noise reduction and the larger sensor um there's a lot of other advantages but i don't think you can just out and out and out discount it that is not going to be good enough in low light
0: right um i would hope that there's improvement you know uh you know uh, again being a gh1 user and getting to the GH4 where I've seen some footage that people have produced in low light have looked really really great. It's re- it's really been fine and, and I could see what you're what you're talking about. All all these iterations you know, every every little bit there's an improvement here and there. I, I you know, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of I'm going from a micro four thirds to an APS-C Uh, a sensor with a Sony,
1: what kind of difference am I going to get? I think sensor size-wise, it's not a huge jump. Mm -hmm. If you look at um, the comparison of sensor sizes, like, let's go to a website that just compares sensor sizes. I'm just going to type it up. Okay. So, let's see. Um, Here's one. PhotoSeek dot com. I see, I see that one. Yeah, that's the one that pops up at the top of my Google. Okay. Yeah, and it just it'll show you all the different sizes. Right. So, um, like my
0: my micro four thirds looks to be what a two times crop, whereas it's, my APS-C would be a one and a half times crop. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and 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 maybe the Sony um is a little bit bigger. Even than that, maybe one point five. I'm not sure uh-huh. what the crop is on the sixty five hundred, but it has a has another little a little bit larger area for APSC on Sony. Mm. Right. Because there's a, there's a difference between Sony and Canon APSC. Correct. Yeah, but right. as you as you can see, it's not a huge. It's not like an incredible difference between those two. Right. It's a. It's basically point five. Times. Yes. Um right. whereas it's a huge difference between a micro four thirds and a full frame. Right. It's like you can fit multiple they can fit like five micro four thirds into one full frame sensor. Right, right. So right, right. true. W- whereas you can only fit maybe one and a half four thirds into a Sony APS C sensor. Right. So it's not it's not a huge, 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 huge difference. So yeah. So if all things being equal just on sensor size, maybe it's 25% or 30% potentially noisier.
0: It is interesting though to 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 hear that the the way that we should be thinking about things is more in the in-body processor how how those algorithms turn you know this grain into something different Mm -hmm. into something a little bit more that's a very interesting way to think i i i I haven't thought about that so much i'm i'm still kind of stuck in the old way of things which is uh you know just saying you know hey iso you know 800 is about as high as i can go that's it Mm -hmm. and it's going to be stuck that way forever
1: yeah, it's it's definitely going to get better and better and better over time as sensor technology improves and as pro- post-processing of the sensor improves. It's right. really a combo. And in my opinion Sony's done an amazing job with for example the the Sony AS uh, A7S series. Mm-hmm. You know, they just said we're just going to make this as low light noiseless as, as we possibly can. It, but it's not just the sensor size. The sensor's really good. It's also the post-processing. Right. And right. in fact, um They didn't even change the sensor over the A7S and the A7S2. It's the same exact sensor. Ah, it's just
0: processing different?
1: Yeah, it's just a better processing, better color space. Uh, And in fact, um, even in video cameras, the processors in video cameras don't change even as frequently as in still cameras. So, for example, the FS5 that I have, it's it's an APS-C size sensor, or Super 35 size sensor, which is kind of like APS-C. And... um, It's the same exact sensor as the F5, which is an older Sony camera, and the FS700. Both those things were released like three or four years ago. It's the same sensor. And this is a current camera. Yeah. So, or a one-year-old. So, it's, these things don't, it's the processing and and how they treat that signal more more so than, maybe more so than the sensor itself sometimes. Right. So. Right, right, right. yeah. So uh,
0: you know, let, let me move on to something that I'm wondering of of your opinion on. Mm-hmm. And that's the 4K video recording that that uh it's promoting mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh Okay, we we talked about 10-bit 422. Uh you know, uh has different picture styles, cine like V, cine like D, uh as well as in-camera LUTs. Um, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Vlog is going to be upgradable. Is this attractive to you?
1: Yeah, uh, for me, the the fact that it has a high bit rate, 4 to 2 10 bit, um, internal recording is is pretty darn amazing. Um, you could set this up as a B cam, you know, it doesn't have to be an A cam. Mm-hmm. You could still use a higher end camera for your cam if you want, but mm-hmm. this could possibly be an A cam. Um, but definitely as a B cam, because you can, first of all, get a high bit rate recording. It still uses fairly inexpensive, um, XD, uh, SD SDXC cards or equivalent mm-hmm. UHS cards. And, and, uh, yeah, I could just imagine getting one of these just, just as a B cam and, and it's smaller. Uh, I still have some good lenses for my, G- for my GH4 days, mm-hmm. and I think I just have a lot more room in post to deal with this camera um, as a B-cam. Just set it and forget it. Probably much easier to set and forget. Oh, than
0: and, and let, let's uh, let's not gloss over the fact that there is also zero recording limit Uh, only set by how much room you have on the card. There yes. is no recording limit.
1: There's on no this. recording limit, and the battery life should be hopefully uh, way better than the a7 series well and so. as
0: and as you and i both know from our experience with the uh panasonics uh the battery life on all their cameras have been just spectacular for the most part
1: yeah you know you can get maybe two to three hours on one right one battery which exactly. is amazing
0: yeah which is fantastic and yeah. uh and i don't think anything's going to change on that
1: no. So uh, if you have a like a, one of those battery grips and you have a couple fresh batteries in there, you're you're looking at an all day cam.
0: Yeah, right. Now, speaking about that battery grip that you were mm-hmm. talking about, the uh Panasonic has come up with a new option. And I don't know if you see uh, if you've seen this, but it's uh uh with regards to XLR inputs. Yes. Uh and this is a they're getting away from the battery grip now. I
1: don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, well that other thing that you're talking about was yep. was I think they still offer a battery grip for this new camera. I thought that was but, just
0: for the G H four.
1: No, well it it's a bit this camera's a bit different shape, so they have to have a different battery grip. Right. But it's but it's still there still is a battery grip offered. Okay. Um it's just for this model. But the thing that's really cool now is they have something similar to what the A sevens have, which is a hot shoe interface for audio. Right and uh that's actually really cool because then you can mount a pod on the top of your hot shoe with XLR inputs and nice preamps and things like that. So that's a lot easier than it used to be. You used to have the get this really expensive like $1500 thing that you'd bolt on the bottom of your camera and it was really badly designed because it needed its own power supply and it was just bad.
0: That's right. I re- yeah, the- I re- I remember <laughs> it, it it was almost it was like the it was like the in the old ways the old auto winders, right, for for SLRs. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and, and, but this thing is hot shoe mounted. Uh, you have full access to the bottom of the camera
1: with, you know, with this thing. Yeah. And it has all your inputs that you need. And, uh, yeah. it's and, a total ripoff of the Sony, whatever their thing is called. I actually have a couple of them. It's a total ripoff of it, and they're, and I love them. They're great. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and
0: it actually, and, and, and this microphone adapter, this hot shoe thing, doesn't look all that expensive for what it does, which is like 400 bucks. I don't know if
1: that's a lot of money, but uh it, it seems like not a lot. For, it's about it's about in line with the Sony one. Is so it? it's not it's not bad. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad price.
0: Is that something you would do or is that or oh, 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 or or do you like that uh grip type of thing instead?
1: Um well, I could do both. Yeah. I could do both. I could get the I can get the battery grip uh for the bottom to add extra battery life. Um I might just if I really needed that life, I might not get the grip. I might just um, plug my Atomus Power Station thing that I got from A7s right. in there because right. it's got an adapter for the for the GHs as well. But um, and the pod thing, I personally don't know if I would get it because I don't think I'd be using the GH5 for my run and gun type microphone recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you when you put this pod on, it's it's about the size of the camera almost and. Then also you're plugging these big heavy XLRs into it, and then you have to have a mic, right? Also mounted on it, and it's starting to get kind of gigantic, and yes, you know, and and it's not going to be my A cam for run and gun most likely. Yeah. Um. So I'd probably just still use my like, uh, sure, equivalent to the video mic Pro thing on the top for audio. I personally would just do that for th- with this GH five. I don't. I don't see the need to to add this big XLR rig on top. But I see for a lot of people, this is their main camera. Yeah. Yeah. You can record great audio on it. Right. Exactly. You know, for interviews or whatever.
0: Yep. Yep. And and, and have that full uh, ability to to uh mix and, and get your own levels and so on and so forth. Yeah, have really
1: good monitoring, be able to put a really yep. nice mic of your choosing on there. Yep. Uh that's 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 you know, I I, I really think that Panasonic has raised the bar um, you know, it really, the jury's out as far as image quality, because that's really all this is about. Right. I mean, they can just put all these great features in, but image quality is the key. Correct. Um, and always their image quality was kind of, in my opinion, kind of secondary. There was always, it was always kind of the Panasonic kind of digitally image yeah. quality. Yeah. And kind of carried over from their little camcorders, kind of have that same quality. Mm. I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what the culture that creates that quality because the Sony camcorders are always kind of smoother looking, in my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. equivalent ones. But but uh, if they can get over that hump and and get to the point where the color space and color science is really great, um, that's gonna sell it. Yeah. Because they're just hitting all the all the tick marks right. for all the things that you might need in video. The only other thing that I would really love to see if they have it is. Um, when you're actually recording to be able to punch in and zoom to get a better focus um where you can actually magnify the whatever the is seeing so you can oh, s- right and and you can't do that now on the g h four when it's recording, so I'm hoping that that is available when it is recording um, well speaking about that,
0: speaking about that uh let's touch on the uh on the two hundred and twenty five area advance uh autofocus system okay um you know Sony E6500 has that oh, what is that i i think they're what 400 plus focus points or something like that yeah uh this one has 225 certainly yeah. enough uh, yeah. uh to to do a good job uh your thoughts on that
1: um from what i've read it's not as advanced as the Sony um system and i could be wrong um but but i don't think it's um phase detection autofocus like on the sony's and the canons mm-hmm. it's um it's advanced contrast uh detection uh, and contrast detection is the old style of autofocus which is um more based on um two images um so I'm not really sure I'm not really sure how much better it is or worse it is than PDAF, but I have a feeling it's not as good as PDAF, which is the Sony and the Canon method. Right, where they actually have uh embedded a sensor uh, an, uh embedded sensors in the actual image sensor that are just handling autofocus. So I don't really know what these 200 points or whatever of of um DFDAF points are. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're I'm not sure if they're really the same. They might be uh just kind of trying to match up with the Sony stuff and and this is their marketing way to to talk to about to say it. hey
0: we've done something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's
1: better than it was before because before it wasn't that great. Right. It was okay. Right, right. Yeah. Right. right so right. I think it was is actually better than some like the Sony's contrast detection. I think they're the GH4 focusing is better than the Sony's old style of focusing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so using the same technology I thought that the GH4 was better, but i um, not sure how much better the advanced DFD AF system is going to be. Right. So that jury's out on that.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, obviously we're going to have to see it in action. We're going to need to see a final product on it. Uh, I, I was watching one of the Panasonic um, demos of the GH5 and Essentially, they really had body only, right, Uh, uh, that they're promoting. Uh, I don't think it was working yet. It didn't seem like it was working because they didn't really know, you know, how it would work with things like a Metabones adapter or other lenses. Uh, Didn't know how that was going to go with the autofocusing system. Uh, Like you said, jury's still out. We're going to have to wait and see uh, when it gets released.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just going to have to see a few tests when it comes out. I, I guess I personally would love it if it was way better than the GH4 because it's a little bit slow on the GH4. Uh huh. Um, oh, you mean as
0: far as the autofocus system goes?
1: Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah. Just this, this Uh autofocus. We'll have to, we'll have to see. And also is it compatible with all their lenses or is it more of a sensor thing versus lenses? Right. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Um, I know their stabilization system doesn't isn't totally compatible with all the lenses. So there's a way of having the in-body stabilization kind of um, mate with the lens stabilization, mm. produce even better to produce even better stabilization. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's only available on some newer lenses. Ah, uh-huh. not not their whole line of lenses. Okay. So, and that's to be expected. Um, yeah. There's like electronics that needs to communicate stuff sure. back and forth, and they may not have thought of that in the past when they're designing earlier lenses sure so um but you know i'm i'm actually in and now that we're talking about it more i'm actually a little bit more excited about it <laughs> really
0: uh, okay so, so so that so that's what i was going to ask you uh, you know where does this fit in you know we're, we're going to be talking uh this episode about you know uh your christmas gatherings of things that you uh just got Um. Uh, where does this where does the GH5 fit into maybe my, par- my right? priority list? Yeah, your priority list what 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 you're really thinking about here.
1: I I'm always looking for a small high quality setup. Mhm. The mm-hmm. smaller and higher quality the the more uh attractive it is to me. Yes. It just makes it more useful. Right? right? It's like a smaller package but it can give you high quality that's kind of amazing. Okay, so I love the fact I love the 10-bit and the 422 internal recording that's like you don't have to carry an external recorder around it's got a high bit rate I think it's up to 400 megabits per second internal which is crazy Mm. for, for recording SD cards I don't know how they do that but uh, so, if they do that, why can't Sony do that on their higher end camcorders? Why are they charging us like thousands of dollars for their <laughs> stupid proprietary cards? You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's that's I think it's to make money, really. Right, sure. um, so, that, but anyways, the, the GH5, that's kind of exciting. Like, wow, I can just take this one or two of these GH5s and they're only $2,000. And this is going to give me a much higher potentially higher quality end product right. as, a, as a B or C cam. Right. <clears throat> you know, I can record like a wide shot with a super <clears throat> high bit rate and, and, and internal recording, and I can do a lot with that image. Like if I want to have a wide shot and just narrow, it since since then 4K, just zoom in on one person and then color correct that one person because he might be in more of a shadow than another person that's in bright light or whatever. Right. I might be able to do that with this camera now. Whereas like I could couldn't really do it with a Sony, right? It's so that's not possible. Yeah. So if if it can do something that makes things more possible that weren't possible before, then it's attractive to me. Huh. I like that. Right, 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 right.
0: I I would be very interested to to see how it how it works with like some of the lens adapters, so that you know you'd be able to use some of your Canon glass, and others would be able to use other glass that they have. Because, you know, that, that, you know, that, of course, is, is is the big thing nowadays, you know. Like using the Metabone speed boosters and things. That's right. Yeah. Metabone speed boosters, exactly what I'm talking about. Where, you know, the com lights or the sigmas, whatever's out there, mm-hmm. you know, whatever will, will fit a, a, a micro four thirds. You know, that's the thing. That's the, you know, that's the thing that uh, 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 folks are, are, are
1: wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, jury's out, but I'm. I'm almost about to pre-order this thing now. That Are you really? About it. Wow! I'm really? almost about to. Yeah, because wow. it's kind of exciting. It's like, wow! What if this thing is just the image is just beautiful? Yeah. What if it was? Right. What if I looked at it and said, "Wow, this is this is better than my FS5. This is equivalent to my A7R yeah. image-wise. Yeah, maybe a little less light sensitive, but. Uh-huh. Maybe outdoors but, or... But
0: for full-lighted, full, full uh, f- fully-lit type of environments, no problem with that. Uh, uh, it'd be something to, to to really look at.
1: Yeah. You know, like outdoor where there's plenty of light, you know, we're only talking indoors in low light or, or outdoors in nighttime yep. where maybe there's an issue. But, yeah, during the day, yep. why wouldn't I just bring this around and, and, and have this amazing, solid uh, internal recording? Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look at a lot of the images online and see before yeah. I start I, spending I, the money on it.
0: I I, I want to say that we are. Uh, it's coming out uh, to to a neighborhood uh, a store in March. I don't
1: think it's available yet, right? Um, I f- it, it says at least on one of the websites of this retailer that it's March. 2017, end of March 2017. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's That's actually later than I heard before. But I have some friends, like my friends at Texas Media, if I wanted to, I could probably pre-order or get an early version of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... uh,
0: Well, that will be very interesting when when, when that comes out. I... um yeah i i mean uh, you know in another segment i'm gonna share my thoughts on on how you've derailed me <laughs> and how uh, uh how my cause for confusion is even greater now than than it was uh before the holidays so uh i i hold you 100 percent responsible for that so
1: Five years from now, right. uh, Rod has still not got his new camera, <laughs> Right, it's my because, fault.
0: Be, well, I mean, it, it's the same reason why now I'm at this spot where I should be thinking about the GH5, but you know what? No, I'm not. No, I'm not, because the GH5 is pretty much where I want it to be right now, but nah, I'm not going to do it, so I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that in another segment, but... um. Any any parting thoughts on the G H five before we close out this segment here and uh and move on to more introductory
1: stuff? Uh, I think it's actually Oh, I do have one more thing. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Two thousand bucks two thousand bucks. Okay, so Is that a lot or, or not a lot?
0: Well, I mean you know, body only, you know, that this this is a far, far cry from the G H one which at that time, when I purchased it, I want to say was eleven hundred, twelve hundred bucks, or something like that. Really was it that?
1: In, but that was, I think, it had been out a little while, right? And even at that, it had been out a little while. Yeah, so I think when it first came, because I, I think I paid like fifteen or fifteen. 14. So
0: yeah. y- you know, I mean, look. Of course, everything gets more expensive with all the, the you know, look at the G, uh, look at the eight sixty five hundred, six thousand five hundred, right? Four hundred dollars more than the six thousand three hundred and heck the six hundred you could get, you know, for a bag of lunch in a in a box of crayons if you want to. <laughs> uh, so two thousand bucks body only for for this type of firepower. I, uh, you you I, know, I don't
1: know. Sounds. I guess it sounds okay. I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's about in, right. In the ball. It's in the ballpark cause yeah. the, the GH four I think was seventeen or something okay. when it first came out, and I and I think I paid seventeen for it because okay. I got one of the first ones. Right. And so just a couple hundred dollars more 3 years later. Yeah. Um or $300 more 3 years later. That seems like that's almost just inflation. Yeah. Just just and 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 that much more than yours cuz you bought yours 5 or 6 years ago. Right. I think that's just inflation. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's in line with what it should cost. Yeah. I think I think uh maybe the the A6500 is in line with what it costs cuz it's like $1400, right? the uh A65 1400 bucks yeah yeah so yeah. i think that's in line i think you know the difference is, is that the Lumix the GH5 Lumix is the flagship camera from right. Panasonic that's right and and the and the, and the uh, Sony <laughs> A6500 is like the mid- middle it's kind very, of uh,
0: it's almost entry level almost it's yeah. maybe it's not of, quite entry but it's like the
1: high it's like the high end of the entry or the low end of the pro right it's kind of right in the middle right so, um, yeah, so that's the difference. Yeah. 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 But um, I guess all I can say is. Uh, good luck I, to me. Good luck to you. And I I personally really appreciate Panasonic for c- coming out with a groundbreaking um, type of hybrid camera again. They, they, again, they,
0: they always do that. They yeah. always. I mean, uh, r- r- remember, Keith, when, when GH1 came out? Mm-hmm. I, I mean that was that was pretty that that was pretty big, yeah. right there. It that was it was, was that was
1: pretty big. It was the first one to feature to have such nice video features and a great still camera, mm. and uh, they've done it again with the GH five. That internal recording is the thing to me that tipped it over the edge. Like yeah, that's the thing that's going to make the other manufacturers kind of take notice and say, oh, we got to do this too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they will or not, but I would love if they did.
0: That'd be something. That'd be something. Well, uh, hey, uh, congratulations to Panasonic and the Lumix line GH5 coming out in uh, probably the end of March. Keith will have it by the end of next week, (laughs) and he will give us a full review of it uh, and shoot some uh, in-cave in uh, uh, complete darkness, uh, I'll be shooting some
1: shots with my bed covers
0: over me. <laughs> That's right. And, he'll, uh... he'll, he'll he'll be wearing he'll, he'll be uh, wearing his uh, bed sheet over his uh, head with the camera underneath with him and mm-hmm. try and navigate his way around the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be exciting. <laughs> uh, again, end of March, two thousand bucks. The Panasonic GH five. Um. Keith, let's take a little bit of a break, and we'll come back with more stuff that happened over the holidays, and uh, we will uh, talk about all the goodies that uh, Santa brought to you, and uh, I will pant with anticipation (laughs) with everything that you share with us. So uh, let's take a break, let's reset, and we will come back with more of this 2017 maiden voyage of tech move. All right, and we are back with uh, this uh, newest 2017 episode of Tech Move. Rod Louis and Keith Moreau here. We are continuing on with our introduction area. But in some ways, what I'd like to do right here, Keith, is I would like to kind of take this intro but kind of move it into another segment mm-hmm. uh, that was made popular by you and I uh, earlier in 2016. And and Mm -hmm. what I think I'd like to do is I think I'd like to, you know, because we're coming off the holidays and, you know, and all all this kind of time off that we've had, Mm -hmm. uh, without a doubt, Santa Claus is run by your house with the Mm -hmm. latest adapters, lenses, bodies, lighting, whatever it is. Yes. And I'd like you to kind of talk about some of that stuff now. Uh let's go back to a old fan favorite if we can and let's call this segment Keith's new stuff that he hasn't actually used. <laughs> now this is something that is uh is a fan favorite among the tech pod co- uh the Tech Move Tech Pod, Tech Move <laughs> community and uh you know we've been getting uh, messages left and right, how they actually love to hear about how Keith spends so much money on stuff <laughs> but yet doesn 't really use any of it and uh you know uh, uh me as your broadcast partner, I also love to hear how you how s- any human being can spend this kind of money <laughs> and really not use anything uh that they purchase uh you know yet, as you know yet. well know i You know, methodically to a fault, have to plan out every cent that I have uh, in in these purchases. But I love living vicariously through (laughs) Keith Moreau. So, uh, Keith, the floor is yours. What did Santa bring you that you kind of care about, but not really?
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. First thing, I just got. I'm just going to talk about the stuff I got recently. Remember, I'm telling you about some of the BH photo. Uh, lightning deal things that, that they, they do, and I just look at them and go, I think I could use that. Now, so. it, it,
0: it, does this only happen at the end of the year, or during a certain holiday? Is it only during Thanksgiving? Is it after Christmas? What is it? Um, Month of December, that's all it is? No, what is it? No, it's
1: pretty much all the time. Oh, it's, okay, very yeah, good. it's just all the time. It's a, it's a marketing tool. Yeah, they do. In fact, they have one every night. Ah! They have good. one every night, okay. and... and I'm still trying to get them as a sponsor. I'm I'm breaking them down. I've been calling them every other day. Oh great. That cassette that I left of our podcast on the marketing director's um <laughs> antenna. Right. Um I think uh, after I left the fourth one, I think he finally listened to it. He he was able to find track down an old used cassette player <laughs> and play it. Right. <laughs> and uh <laughs> thinking what uh, like, I think we might get the deal. Right. Great. Anyway. Good. So I don't mind talking about them, but okay. so they have this daily deal, or I think it's called Deal Zone. Yeah, it's called Deal Zone. Okay, and they just have this amazing like fifty percent off or half price stuff all the time. Right. So I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that I ordered through that, or just maybe not through that, but just because I I couldn't keep my finger off the buy button. Sure, of course. So oh, what's the big one? Okay, the probably the biggest one that I'm actually I'm definitely going to use it as soon as I um you know, take my Xacto knife to, or my my shipping box knife to open it up, it's in my garage still, is the DJI Phantom 4 Pro Plus quadcopter. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay, now uh, let's refresh the uh, uh, listening audience. Mm -hmm. You actually own quite a few Phantoms already, do you not? Yes, I have two Phantoms. And, and, Already. And, now and, I have three. Now you have three. Now this now are you uh opening up the Keith Moreau International Airport <laughs> or what 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 are you doing with this?
1: I've been contracted with uh by Amazon to do same hour delivery. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. Delivering that pizza is so important. Yeah, it's called uh Prime Plus 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 <laughs> Prime Prime Prime. <laughs> Very it's good. It's very expensive. Very good. <laughs> All right. So th- this is your third Phantom. My third Phantom. The first one I never used. It's still in its box. Right. The third one I've never used. It's still in its box. Right. The second one I have used, and I love it. But um, the third one is the DJI Phantom 4 Pro Plus. Oh, Pro Plus. Right. And the okay. the Pro, well, the so they just came out about a month ago with the Phantom 4 Pro. And the Phantom 4 Pro is pretty much like the regular Phantom 4, but the camera is much, much better. On, and that's why I got on, it. On this Pro Plus. Yeah. It's got a really nice camera. It's got a 1-inch a 20-megapixel CMOS sensor on it, which I think is big, like twice as big as the previous one. Whoa. It's got a great codec. Um, it's actually using H.265. Oh wow! So yeah, so H.265 is this new new um, compression scheme that's better than H.264. It's actually one better. Mm. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's I would imagine one, it's one better. Just like the GH five from the GH four, <laughs> exactly. It's one better. I get it. Yeah, um, and no, but actually, it's it's supposedly about fifty percent more efficient than H.264. So for a given frame of of of, of file size you can if it's if it's the same file size it's actually it's like having 50 percent more bit rate but you're Mm. not using that bit rate just compressed better okay so so the so the reason so so the result is that it's basically like having a higher bit rate so i think it's 100 megabits per second bit rate but because of this new H.265, it's almost like having 150 megabits per second. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and apparently I've seen a few uh, films where like Philip Bloom did a, a film with his and a few others, and they're just, they're really nice. It's like, I feel like it's pro, at this point, pro level. Like, I think it's better than the Inspire, which is the, the, the Inspire is the, the big high-end uh, DJI kind of, one step up from the DJI Phantom. Okay, and it's at that level of the Inspire One, or even better uh, than the Inspire One because of it's this new,
0: because of this new technology.
1: Yeah, because of the new camera. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm just looking forward to to shooting with. Them. I'm going to do a lot of shooting with this this Phantom this year because I'm studying for my my test.
0: Uh, and the test is the pilot's
1: license test. Yeah, it's the official commercial pilot's license and and th- there
0: is something there there is a real thing like that
1: right no it is There is is a test you can you can uh, get tests for it online or through the app store or through other places to to just practice mm-hmm. like i have a few apps on my iphone where i'm studying it you know and they're really dry they're like like they're like aeronautical maps <laughs> oh yeah sure and you have to say what is this you know which airport is closer to this coordinates oh wow and uh yeah, I'm, goes...
0: I'm, I'm, I'm on DJI's site right mm-hmm. now, and I'm looking at it, 60 frames per second, 4K, 20 megabits with a one-inch image sensor, mechanical shutter. Uh, I like the five directions of obstacle sensing. Yes. That, that sounds pretty cool. Yes. Uh, looks like it has 30 minutes of flight time. Yeah, it's probably the same as
1: before. It's probably more like 20. Oh, okay. If it, once it starts getting to twenty, the the Phantom Four starts going. I really want to land. Oh, we right. have we have ten minutes left. I, I really want to land now. Right, land me, land right. me now. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the
0: controller looks like it can operate as far as four point three miles. Is
1: that how I'm reading it? Um, yeah, but I would never. I don't think would, I'd th- ever fly it that far. Yeah,
0: you probably can't see where it is at that point. So I,
1: yeah, I think one of the things about like flying it legally as it has to be within view oh okay so i don't think you could see it from four mm. miles away great yeah. i love but, it yeah i mean there's and there's other, but the thing the reason i got the plus because there's the four pro right and they had the four pro out for a while okay but the four pro, pro plus was back ordered it wasn't available yet okay the difference between the four pro and the pro plus is about three hundred dollars but um so it's eighteen hundred dollars it's seventeen ninety nine um, and the the regular Pro, the, not the Plus, I think, is fourteen ninety nine. Okay. So, um, but for that three hundred extra dollars, you get a high brightness built in display on the controller, Ooh. which means you can actually use it out in the bright sunlight without a a hood. Oh, nice! Which is really convenient. Yeah. Because one of the things that I didn't like so much about the the Phantom Four was that I was using my big iPad on it. Right. And you have to have a hood not on it you can't just unless it's unless you're doing it in dusk or something you have to have the hood because the iPad's is not bright enough right and and now that it has this built-in kind of smaller display but that's okay um I don't have to have that thing where I just have to strap on the the hoodman hood and mm-hmm. do all this extra stuff I just whip it out and it's ready oh that's great yeah so I like that um anyway have yet to write it of course I couldn't fly it now because it's just been raining here right in our area right for like a week and a half so right but
0: it's but it's but you're ready to
1: fire it up you're ready to take it up pretty soon yeah i definitely want to test i'm doing a project this month and i'm definitely going to use it on it whether i have this license or not (laughs) yeah oh sorry fa that's actually not true i'm lying exactly disregard that last comment i'm not (laughs) going to fly it at all until i have my license (laughs) that's right that's right. We're all
0: law-abiding citizens. <laughs> all law-abiding citizens. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's the Phantom yeah. Four Pro Plus, I believe it's what it's called. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Congratulations yes. on that. We can't wait to see some of that uh, footage that you're going to take. Okay, uh, Keith, share with us a, a couple more things of sure. new stuff, new stuff that, that you
1: actually that you haven't actually used yet. Okay, I got um, this arm. Uh, so, one of the big things in this in in the world of having a, a, um, a separate monitor is what do you mount it on? Like, how do you actually put it on your camera or whatever mm-hmm. um, to use it? And it's just, there are these things called Noga arms, which is this old, it's kind of like the original Magic Arm. It's like a shrunken version of the Manfredo Magic Arm. So, it's basically like an elbowed arm that has a kind of knob in the middle. And when you tighten the knob in the middle, everything becomes stiff. Oh, Okay. So you can kind of reposition it to any position you want, and then when you tighten this knob, it just stays there. Okay. Well, theoretically, they stay there because I've found that most of these arms, especially the cheaper ones, are just useless because they'll. St- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they will stay there, but the the problem is where they're attached to the camera. Oh, okay. You know, they're usually screwed into some some mount, some quarter twenty mount on your camera or right. nearby your camera. Sure. And and inevitably, when you when you t- Somehow put a little bit of extra force in the counter clockwise direction, they unscrew, because there's all this leverage on this right. little quarter twenty screw.
0: I, I I I get that completely.
1: I, it, yeah. it always
0: loosens it up just a uh, hair.
1: Yeah, and then it just starts swing, swinging freely, yep. and then right. it's totally useless. Right. So, <laughs> um, so my so one of the things you can do is you can get these um, you, you, there's different ways. The ways I I've solved it in the past. Is to uh, use the NATO SWAT mounts, which are pretty good because they're kind of like little grips that grip onto your on, onto these these mounts, and they can't really twist, so that part's good. However, there's some disadvantages to those. Anyway, another thing is how do you how do you one-handed manipulate the monitor? Like, yeah, you can with two hands you can kind of move it around until it's where you want it, and then you can tighten it down. That always takes two hands because mm, right. these these arms don't have a kind of inherent amount of friction in them they're just either really floppy or they're really tight right so so there has been this thing advertised called the bright tangerine titan support arm with pivot head and i got one of those and it was kind of like a vaporware thing for a while it was announced at any and even before uh-huh. but they just came out with it and <clears throat> and i said you know i'm gonna have to get one of these this is pretty amazing so I ordered one. I pre-ordered one because they weren't out for a while. But I ordered it, and it just came in pretty recently. Okay. And um, I don't know if you can take a look at it, but it's, it's called the Bright Tangerine Titan Support Arm. I it's am
0: looking at that right now at B and H, and they're actually out
1: of stock right now. Yeah, they're out of stock. They have there's two different colors. One is this actually this bright orange color. Yeah. And I didn't get that one. I got the black because the orange sweet is a little black. yeah. Yeah. I think the orange is a little too gaudy although it's it's cute but I prefer the black because it just you know because everything else in my system's like like with this big bright orange thing so sure anyway they're both the same price so it's up up to you but the thing that's cool about this arm and I have it in front of me is I haven't really mounted anything on it so it it falls within our <laughs> criteria of things that I haven't used right but um I do have it it's it's not in the mail it's it's actually it, here. it's actually there in front of you just like yeah. the DJI Phantom yeah, that's yeah. in my garage. This right. is actually in front of me. Right. Um, so it's it's cool. Um, it's it's the thing that's really cool about it is that even when you have it loosened to position it into a different position, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do that now. I'm loosening it up, and it's not actually loosening. What's happening here?
0: And just as a reminder, there are no returnables on this. <laughs> so, so how, however you do it, you 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 bought it and you're keeping it. So.
1: I'm trying to loosen it and you need
0: five hands
1: <laughs> right? you need five I hands moved hands it into this, this position where it wasn't taking up much space right and uh, there oh. must be some there must be some trick to this there must be, there must be some some trick to getting this to work because <laughs> I, I can't actually separate these arms to move them they're just stuck <laughs> they're just stuck I have to use like some kind of big vice to actually get it to move.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure you'll be writing your review on the website very <laughs> shortly. Oh, well, it's a good thing there's a there's no return on this. Did it, you it, check? It, it says this item is non cancelable and non returnable.
1: Oh, I think you're looking at the orange one, but the black one I can return. Oh, That's let's one see. I have.
0: Well, it, uh, does this, Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I
1: think I'm right. You you, you might be I'm right. right. <laughs> you're right. It
0: it it only says it when I click on the orange one. I wonder why they're racist.
1: <laughs> I think cuz the orange one is like they can't they can't get rid of them uh, quick enough. Yeah, we we yeah. Nobody's buying them. We Nobody have, wants we, this one. We we
0: have like a million <laughs> of these sitting around.
1: Uh, okay, this is really funny because i don 't think i 've actually taken it out of the bag and tried it, so I <laughs> wanted to see if this this is, is obvious yeah, okay, well, theoretically, obvious. then you can just unloosen this arm and it it <laughs> all, <it's> moves <laughs> it moves around really really smoothly and then but the okay so here 's the claim to fame of this arm though this and this is for for real the You can, it's still, it's pretty stiff, but, but, but you can actually, both, both of the parts that, the part that screws into the camera and the part that screws into your monitor, Mm -hmm. both those parts are, have enough friction to move around. Mm -hmm. um, So you can kind of reposition them with one hand. And then when you're all set, you can actually tighten down the arm. Oh, okay. And then they become really stiff. Oh, so when the arm is, when the arm is kind of floppy and loose, these things are still kind of tight. Like, they, they're they're tight enough to support a pretty heavy monitor, uh, and st- but still be able to move it. Uh, but when it's all tightened down, then it all gets really, really tight. All the different joints become tight.
0: Can this thing support uh, a lot of weight, or...?
1: Um, yeah, it's actually... And that's the thing that's maybe a little bit annoying about this, is that it might be a little bit too heavy. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it might just be a little bit too heavy. So I'm just going to... See what's going on with this arm. I've actually loosened it up all the way, and it's still not coming apart. <sighs> okay. I think I'm going to have to call the, t- the uh, Bright Tangerine Tech Support just <laughs> to figure out how to actually use this arm. <gasps> oh, I love your great. arm, but I can't actually use it. Okay. I, would l- I would love to use <laughs> the arm, but you know what? It just doesn't work. I can't separate it. It's not right. moving. That's great. Okay. It's the Bright Tangerine arm that is only in one position. I'm gonna, oh, that's funny. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a picture of what what my arm looks like right I, now.
0: I I'm I, I, I'm sure it's uh I, is, it's I, frozen I only, in this I can, position. I can only imagine because like I'm looking at the picture on B and H photo right now, and it's in this you know beautiful like you know nine a uh, nine o'clock uh, yeah. nine ten kind of look. And I'm sure yours looks like pretty much like a uh, pocket knife. <laughs>
1: Mine is like twelve noon. Yeah. I'm sure Mine is look, like 12 noon, and it can't look. change from 12 noon. Okay, well, this is not an indictment of Bright Tangerine. I'm sure it's some user error. I'll, I'll be reading the manual on this arm. <laughs> oh, I see it right now, yes.
0: <laughs> it, it, it looks very, very good, yeah. It, yeah, it, it looks, looks like it's
1: completely immovable right now. It's not. It's like a big locked arm. That's it's awesome. an arm with rigor mortis. That's excellent. Yeah, dead and stuff. Excellent. Okay, so
0: very good. All right. Well, that right. is the bright tangerine titan support arm with pivot head, and um, I'm I'm sure it's fantastic. I'm I'm sure it is. But you know what? It's awesome. That's what the, that's the reason why for this particular segment, uh, because this is all Keith's stuff that maybe hasn't really been fully investigated yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it is something that he thinks sh- theoretically should be great.
1: It should be awesome, and
0: uh, and you know wh- you will just have to tune in as to how actually great
1: uh, these items are. So yes, yes. Uh, that that that's our tease or, for you right now. Or if they need to be sent back because they're defective for some reason, right? Which happens, which which
0: does you know, happen. Okay, bright tangerine arm, uh, the Phantom Four. Uh,
1: what else we got? What else we got? We got. Um, we got uh, oh, the draycast LED 160 draycast LED 160 yes uh. now this is kind of probably similar to one that you actually have, and I have I have it in my little uh, pack that it came in okay. and it's it's actually I oh. mean it's not it's not overly exciting but but uh, it was a really good deal that I couldn't pass up.:
0: a draycast LED is it a 160 you said
1: yeah, it's the 160. Oh. So yeah. So this is a bicolor, very small LED panel. It's probably about four inches by six inches. Right. And it's kind of thick. It's maybe about an inch. It looks just
0: like mine. It looks just like mine, but okay, yeah, it's like yours.
1: Um. So this is not. But the thing was, it was a good deal. It was only eighty bucks. Oh. It's Usually like like a hundred and fifty or two hundred bucks. I'm looking at their prices for these uh, dre casts, and they're quite expensive. Yeah. Yeah, so like this one I got for eighty bucks. That that sounds like a heck of a deal. Yeah, and this and the normal price is two hundred twenty five dollars. Because yeah, DrakeCast is really high end. They're they're like yeah,
0: not like I mine. Mine's made by like Jimmy's Lights or something like that. Yeah, Jimmy's
1: Lights is okay.
0: It's okay, but it's not as good <laughs> as cast,
1: Yeah. So, but I got it, and it's got it's got this kind of distinctive blue anodized finish, yes. which I guess yes. stands out. Yes. Um, I have another one that is probably close to jimmy's uh chinese lights yes um that's just like yours which i hardly ever used but i just figured well i could always use another one of these because it's small and it's yeah. probably pretty darn bright but i actually have never plugged it in in fact maybe i'll just plug it in now let's just put a battery uh, y- y- in there you know
0: I'll, I'll tell you what for for as much as i uh, as i tease jimmy's lights and any of these you know small little led 160s I think they're actually quite good. They're actually quite useful. I've used them on several things, not only just video, but also kind of like a fill light for photography, uh, it, and they and it works really, really great. It it just casts a a, a nice uh, a warm light mm-hmm. upon my subject. You know, it, it, if I'm if I'm doing something from an angle or whatever, uh, it, it's really it it lights up
1: a background just nicely. It, yeah, I, I think I think they're great. I think yeah, they're, they're great. Good, you, yeah, good utility light, just yes. extra thing, not too much space in your bag. Right. Yeah. So I just plug it in. So I actually, I guess it's out of the category if haven't used it yet, because um, I'm I'm using it now right. and I'm checking out the. Well, That's good. You're giving us a full review. Does it? Uh, are there lights on it? There are lights. There it's by color so I can just select the color. And what's and, the color? Um, well, uh, it'll it be tungsten or or white, right? Yeah, it goes between, it actually is continuously variable. Oh. So it goes between a tungsten color to a very bright daylight color, kind of a bluish color. Okay. There's one, li- there's kind of a, it's not like if I t- turn the knob, it's pretty smooth going from one color to the other mm-hmm. until it gets to be right almost like the middle, and then it seems like there's a pretty big shift. Mm. And mm-hmm. then it goes to very blue. Aha. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's okay. Right, 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 right. Um, right not
0: yeah. not 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 bad and uh, y- you know here here here's here's a funny question i'm going to ask you because uh my you know the jimmy's lights thing that i have <laughs> it takes an it, it it's a very odd 5 aa batteries oh, why 5 okay. I, okay. I i i never know why so you're always messing up like a pack of batteries that that you have to buy for these
1: things cuz yeah. it takes 5 how 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 about the Cast mine Mine takes one sony npf really common type of battery that okay tons right of them
0: see and that's the thing about my jimmy's lights i it, there there is an option to put a a sony uh uh battery on this mm-hmm. uh which I haven't done just because you know I love uh uh you know throwing away alkaline batteries into the uh into the <laughs> sewer. Uh, when I can and flushing uh, them down the toilet flushing it down the toilet and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I love doing that and uh so uh I always use double A battery. But five Good. is often really weird, you know?
1: Yeah. So. Um yeah, five is weird. Well you just have that spare for those that actually uh you don't flush. Right. There's <laughs> Right. Exactly. And there yeah, and it comes this particular kit comes with an A C adapter, which is nice. And nice. then it comes with a DTEP. Adapter, Mm. so D tap is a is a kind of a standard. You may have seen them. There's like two little connectors with a kind of a D shaped, um, kind of outer, uh, insulating connector, Uh. Um, and they're really common, used a lot in camera gear. So, like a lot of batteries have that output, Uh. which which segues very nicely into the next thing. But you can you can we can finish this up if you want, and we'll go into the next. Oh, I I I
0: I think we've exhausted everything that there (laughs) could be on a dre light. LED one hundred and sixty. I mean, yeah, Dre, okay. What was it? Draymond, Drake Light, Drake, whatever, Draycast, whoever, Draycast. Uh, yes. Okay, that's the Draycast uh, LED one hundred and sixty. That's the Draycast. Draycast, Draymond, so. Draycast. <laughs> Draymond, uh, okay. Draymond. What else? You, what 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 else we got here? What else we got? What else we
1: got? Um. <clears throat> oh, well, we were talking about DTAP. So DTAP is this type of power connector, and it is um, a pretty nice power connector. And I'm, I'm just going to look up what the vol- I, I think it's I think it's a standard voltage. Um, it used to be called P-TAP. Okay. And some people refer to P-TAP and some people refer to D-TAP. Um, but the voltage, I'm just looking it up, is um, what is the voltage? Standard voltage. D tap standard voltage question mark I think it's fourteen. D tap standard voltage. Twelve to twenty nine volts. Hmm. Well, anyway, I'm not sure exactly. Oh, fourteen fourteen point four volts, I guess. Um.
0: I'm s- I'm still trying to just look it up for crying out loud. D tap oh. battery.
1: I have to edit this a little bit.
0: D tap output voltage. Well, Atomos has one.
1: Yeah, actually, D tap. a lot of batteries actually have them on their. Yeah. On on their. Yeah, uh, Atomos spare D tap dummy
0: battery. But it's a dummy battery. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, we'll have to. I'll have to
1: look it up. It's not immediately available. But I think, I think D tap is is a fourteen volt output. Okay. Um anyway, so one of the things that I want to try to do <clears throat> is to use the Odyssey more uh while I'm recording on my FS5 in raw. Mm. And using the Odyssey maybe not for raw but to record ProRes, but the output from the so so what the the way that the FS5 works is if you have it in raw mode, it will output raw through the SDI connector. Okay. And then the Odyssey will convert that to ProRes and then record it onto the SSD drives that are on the Odyssey. So, um, but I, I want to try to limit the weight cause I want to try to use it more for running on or portable situations, mm. not just the standard tripod situation. So there are these batteries and there's a few manufacturers. The one I got was called the SWIT battery and it's the, it's the S dash eight U nine three.
0: SWIT S
1: eight. I see that actually.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh no, I see the six three. I'm sorry. I yeah. see the six three. Is that there, what you're talking about?
1: Um, there's one called the 9.3, which is just bigger. Okay. It's just, I mean, this has got more to it. And this is kind of cool because it's got a USB output. Okay, so that's the regular standard USB. So you can power a USB uh, on it if you need to. But oh, the nice. thing that's cool is it's got a D-Tap connector, which is the higher voltage connector. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to see if that has a voltage on it. I like this. Yeah. So it's a big battery. It's a ni- 93, which is... Um, what's the, just looking at what the actual output is on it.
0: Um, they all vary in their output and what they support and all this kind of thing. So I, I, I'm sure you're 93 cause I'm looking at a 633 theory. I didn't find the 93. Um, um yeah,
1: it's called the S dash eight U nine three. Yeah. But anyway, it's It's got a 86-watt-hour um, capacity, so it's pretty darn huge. Right. And um, anyway, so I can take the DTAP out, and I have a DTAP um, power adapter for my Odyssey that mm. goes to their connector. So I'd be able to plug that into my FS5 but not have to put a big battery on my Odyssey. So this is kind of a way to save weight and bulk. Nice. And then just have that power cable going into my Odyssey. Yeah. And then if I have other DTAP cool. devices like other monitors or, or other things you know like a light like this particular light that I got the draycast right um i could also power the draycast off this as well cuz i have a little splitter that i can put in line with the dtap right so yeah, so I got that. And actually this doesn't this this kind of violates our rule about not having used it, because I actually have used it. Oh you have used it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. Right. Well,
0: thank you for ruining the segment. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, uh you know what, put it in the box and it'll reconstitute itself as uh, not being used.
1: So. <laughs> I haven't used it much. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's 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 go on to some other stuff. Okay. So yeah. I have had the inkling to try to start using my FS5 on a gimbal. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And because I, I, I really want to take advantage of the 10-bit um, internal HD that it has. It has a really good internal HD recording. It doesn't... Maybe the 4K is not such high spec, mm-hmm. Um, but the, the HD is high spec. It's 10-bit 422 HD. Oh, okay. Um. So... And that's return, internal to the little SD cards. Right. So... But the camera itself is a little big, uh, and with the lens on it, is a little bit too heavy for my Came TV single. Okay. So I decided to try to explore possibly getting a gimbal for it. Oh, okay, a, yeah, uh,
0: a a, uh, a three-axis, five-axis gimbal, something like that.
1: Yeah, a three-axis gimbal. Okay. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure. Oh, the five-axis might have the Steadicam arm on it, which is a possibility depending on which one I get. Uh huh. But um, no three-axis electronic gimbal, you know, kind of like the other gimbals that I've had in bed, like your Nebula, sure, kind of like your Nebula, right? So, um, and so I was thinking, you know, I really don't want to have something gigantic because that's kind of obtrusive. I want to try to stay as small as possible, right? Um, And I was actually inspired to get something called the Pilotfly H two.
0: Oh, I I actually uh, considered that myself before the Nebula came available. Were you considering the H two or the H one? I I I want to yeah. say, I want to say was the well the H one obviously because it would be cheaper. It cheaper,
1: yeah, and it was it may not have been out. It it was it came out fairly recently, like six months ago,
0: r- right? But uh, but I also want to say
1: the H one was no longer available. Well, there was the H one plus. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So the H1 was okay, and then the H1 Plus, I think, had a little bit more features, but it was still pretty small. Okay. But the H2 is is big. It, it, so. it, it,
0: I mean, like, I'm looking at pictures of it, so did you... Okay, so y- you did get this. I got the H2. You got yes. the H2 three-axis handheld gimbal stabilizer. Did you get it with the two-handed holder kit, or, uh,
1: or j- just the... I I just got it without it to start with and, and okay. because the holder kit is just it it doesn't really save you any money if you get it. Okay. It just you just get it separately. So I just wanted to try this plus I didn't think I really needed the holder kit. I I
0: am very surprised by this because I would not imagine that the Pilot Fly H2 or any of the Pilot Flies could handle something like a
1: FS5. Yeah, and and I and I kind of thought that way too, and I thought, but if I can, I'm gonna try it and right. see what happens. Cause I actually did see it, just like three or four videos on the web with people with them on it. Right. People using them to film stuff, and it was okay. It wasn't bad. So it wasn't an abundance of them, but it obviously some people had gotten it to work. So I spent a couple of days getting it to work. Okay. When I got it, and okay. there's there's. Uh, oh, so there's you've per-
0: used this item as well. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this 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 segment is actually going down the toilet quite quite rapidly. <laughs> good good one. All right. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, great. let's put it this way. I've yes. tried it out, but I actually haven't really used it because it didn't really work. Oh. So, yeah, because I mean, I tried balancing it for a while and it there's there's really I think I feel like there's no way to get this to work unless you do something special to it. So the reason that that smaller gimbals like this don't work is that the ca- they're meant for shorter cameras where the right. center of gravity is kind of small.
0: That's right. Uh, uh, uh,
1: DSLRs,
0: yeah. all, all you know, all all these things are, yeah. are pretty much what it's meant for.
1: Right, and the FS five, even though it's actually kind of kind of small, tiny, and light for what it does, is still a lot longer than than most DSLRs. Right. So. Um, but I still felt like, well, you know, if these people did it, even if it doesn't have full range of motion, it could still work for me. Anyway, I really could not get it to work unless uh, it had extra weight on the back. Because there's, there's too much weight up front when, it's, when you've mounted it mm-hmm. so that it fits and can still spin. Mm-hmm. So, but if you put, um, So basically it's just too front heavy. But if you put some weight in the back then it doesn't become front heavy and you can actually balance it. So that's what I did. I just kind of cobbled together a plate. And one thing that I really love about this is that it uses the standard Arca Swiss type um, plate. Okay. So I just, it has its one, one short one that it comes with in the box, but I have some longer ones and I was able to take a longer one and then mount a a kind of a cross cheese plate on the back of it to kind of make a, like a T. Right. And then on the T I screwed in some weights that I had around. Because I have some little weights from other other things that have quarter twenties on them, right? And I, they're kind of like what you got when you got your Optica. you know those little weights. Yes. Yep. Kind of like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I screwed those on the back, and I was able to get it to still be fairly light, mm-hmm. um, but also to balance.
0: Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, yeah.
1: like with a FS5, mm-hmm. uh,
0: trying to go on this on this gimbal. I mean, it's got to be kind of a, a balancing act. I mean, it, it, you, you can't really go for very long
1: using this gimbal, can you? I mean, just physically, just physically holding it up, right? Um, I probably could go for like half an hour. Oh wow! I was, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not. It's it's actually not that heavy. So with the whole, the whole the gimbal itself weighs a few pounds. Right. Okay, the gimbal itself is he- I think heavier than the Came TV that I have. Okay. Um, with with the um. With the F S five and the weights, it's the F S five and the weights are only about like three pounds. Oh really? Yeah, it's actually okay. not that heavy.
0: What kind of lens are you using on the F S five when you're using a gimbal?
1: Um I That'll was be a using, short one.
0: Yeah. I was I was I didn't even like try Like a fifty to, mil, a nifty fifty or something like that, maybe?
1: Um no. Well what I used was I have two lenses that were appropriate. Um one and they're both just native uh Sony lenses. So I did not have to have that extra length of because mm-hmm. when you start adding the extra length, even with a light lens, it, it, it starts getting too front heavy again. Right. So I just used my 10 to 18, my Sony 10 to 18 F4. Oh, okay. That's which amazing. is a nice short, yep. but but also really nice looking lens. Yep. Not the best maybe, but okay. And and uh, also the, um, I think I told you, the Rokinon 12 millimeter, which is okay. a nice no, no, yeah, no, amount. And it's a nice lens. It's pretty fast. It's 2.8, I think. Yeah. And that's short too. And it's pretty short. It's yeah. actually slightly heavier than the 10 18. but um, anyway um, but when you have the then you have to put the um, the LCD in the top to just even see what's going on oh wow right because the the Sony stripped down with everything you could take everything off and record but you wouldn't be able to see what you're recording right so I had to put that on top when I put that on top then balance it became harder it's possible but I found like it was vibrating too much Mm -hmm. when, when things aren't quite perfect your gimbal will not be really smooth it'll start kind of going zzzz, right kinda, yeah right I,
0: I, exactly yes It because it, 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 it's trying to find its its center and and the motor just keeps running
1: yeah and it, it just means that it's just a little too heavy in one direction than another so right I just started I, I actually got it to be pretty darn perfect though and the the kind of passive mode where the motors aren't on where I could just kind of rotate it around and it wouldn't move mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you've done that with yours and got yes. to that point yes yeah um, but when I turned the the power on, it would actually do fine, uh, but it was like always had this kind of vibration going on. And I could also see in the image that it was a little bit vibrating. So I heard that PilotFly's tech support was awesome and that you could actually uh, give them an email and they could actually control your computer and start like getting it to tune up well using this software called Simple... Um, Basecam electronics simple bsg Mm. um or bcg or something like that uh software Mm. and i actually experimented with it got it to work on my mac tried some things out could never actually make it work better with the software than just the (laughs) built-in default settings (laughs) (laughs) did learn a lot did learn a lot about this software though I, I had no I clue, no clue about how to use it before, and this is the same software you could use on yours too. Oh, okay. If you, if you ever wanted to. Oh, okay. It has like motor strength and dampening and all kinds of weird settings. Oh, wow. You know? mm-hmm. Um, so theoretically you can get your your camera package to match perfectly with the with the gimbal if mm-hmm. you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided just try to get tech support from them, and supposedly they had really responsive tech support. So I sent an email out like. A week ago, and I haven't gotten a response yet. <laughs> so that's so much for great technical yeah. support. Yeah, so much for that. So oh, that's great. But I'm I'm also kind of thinking. I kind of rethought, you know, why I was going to use this. The really the only, one of the reasons I would use this is to use it along with the Odyssey, right? And you need to mount the Odyssey somewhere, uh huh. Right. So I can't really mount it to a handheld, right. single handed gimbal. Then you really look silly. Not only look silly, but it seems like seems like it would just be really un- defeat unwieldy. the purpose it yeah.
0: it would just defeat the purpose completely
1: yeah so then i just decided to order a ronin uh, m oh which okay. which are really good and th- that see this is the connection that is still in the mail that is still being shipped to me ah yeah and apparently it's it's caught in some kind of st- snowstorm somewhere so so let me look at this this is the ronin m yeah so it's kind of the Keep mini over. version of the original uh, ronin it's a smaller version of the original. Ronin. It's a
0: two-handled thing, though, right?
1: Y- yep, it's a two-handled thing, but it has a lot of third-party support. It's kind of like the argument of should I go Sony E-mount versus mm-hmm. you know it. It's been around and it's so popular that there's tons of people making third-party stuff for it.
0: Oh, this is a DJI uh, product as well.
1: It is. I'm like I've, I've invested oh. a lot of money in DJI in the we, last we, year. We
0: really should buy stock with them <laughs> or something like that.
1: I think I think you should. They're they're really growing. Yeah. But this has been around for a while. This has been around for like nine months uh-huh. or maybe even longer. So, um, but it, it's, it's a really tried and true gimbal. I've seen footage, the footage that I've seen, it looks super smooth like m- much smoother than almost any other footage I've seen. And it has all these extra add-ons. Like there's this guy named uh, this guy, this company called CineMilled that makes these special plates for extra weight if you need to, to kind of do what I want, but in a more professional way of counterbalancing it. Uh-huh. Because it's kind of it's it's kind of also meant for smaller cameras, but it has a huge weight limit on it. It's I, like, I, I do like
0: these. It looks like it's for anything up to eight pounds.
1: Yeah, and apparently people have loaded it even more. Wow. Um, I think the one of the reasons they say it pounds is that. There's, it's not reasonable to have an SLR with it, but if you add this dovetail thing that Mill makes, mm-hmm. then you could add even more weight to it and balance it better. And he, mm-hmm. he has videos where he's balanced really huge cameras on this teeny little gimbal, so because it is it really is not that big. So um, and also you can mount it on. He, there are there are options to mount it onto your Steadicam arms, which I have, so you don't have to carry it and carry this weight around. So if you're thinking about an all-day shoot, right? There there are also options to mount it onto cars. Um, and and other um, moving objects like uh, jibs and things like that. Nice. So, yeah. So I I think I'm probably going to return the H2 even though I like it, and then uh, and then probably use the DJI Ronin M just for pretty much everything else. I
0: mean, H2 would work really great, right, with something like a uh, uh, like uh, you know DSLR bl- body type, you know, mirrorless body, you know, one of your a sevens or a GH five or something like that it would probably work out great with something like that.
1: I think it really would, and I think it's it's I, from what I can see, it's a very nice gimbal and it's very well made. Yeah, um, it's it's I think it's actually maybe a little bit nicer, and maybe a little bit nicer than the Came TV single, just mm-hmm. build quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's a little bit sleeker, a little bit better design. The the Came TV single is a little clunky looking. Yeah um also the h2 uh, folds flat when you can store it so that's actually makes it a lot easier to transport oh that's nice yeah the came tv signal is always, always in this kind of slightly uncollapsed state because mm. mm-hmm. it's got stops in it uh-huh so um but i don't but i think i will return the h2 just because uh, i don't really need it so All but right. we'll see we'll All see right. good yeah. good so I th- yeah so let me see i think I'm just going through it, I think that's pretty much it for me and the stuff I have not yet opened. It's gonna be a lot of stuff though
0: I'm sure there's gonna be there I'm sure there's more in the processing plant uh on its way <laughs> over to uh uh the keith Moreau warehouse uh so we'll we'll you know uh, me and the listening audience will just be waiting with bated breath as to the the next uh payload you will be expecting so we maybe in the
1: in the final segment of this episode, we'll talk about one more thing, uh, or we'll talk about maybe after I've tried these things out, how I like them. Okay, how's that? If I can ever get if I get my Titan arm to, un, to untighten,
0: you might have to use a welding
1: gun or something <laughs> like that
0: to to uh, to melt it down or something like that, or, or you know, flamethrower or something like that. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad you uh, destroyed something while uh, on air. I mean, that's really nothing new to us. But nonetheless, it's always nice when we we can always have a fresh destruction of a product uh, on air. But uh, Keith, thank you very much. That's a lot of uh, nice, new, great things that uh, were had by you. Uh, We would really appreciate... uh, you being able to talk about them with uh, with some experience the next time but uh we'll we'll wait on that uh as time permits. All right, this is uh Rod Louie Keith Moreau and you're listening to Tech Move. Hey kids, we're back with Tech Move. Uh, it is Rod and Keith, and um, this is going to be one of our famous uh, time lapses that uh, <laughs> in uh, in our digital uh, filmmaking and cinematography we often love to do. And uh, we are now going to move ahead at least a couple of weeks here because now. We're going to talk about the things that Keith has actually tried um from our last segment where yeah. it was things that he had gotten. Isn't that correct, Keith?
1: Well, pretty much yeah well, we just we just left off in the last segment um about uh, all these things that I hadn't really even tried yet, right, even though I bought them, and they were just sitting in my you know sitting sitting like in sitting a box literally in
0: sitting yeah. just sitting there, S- yeah. And right.
1: while you were going to the bathroom during the break, I actually went out and, and tried and tested all these things thoroughly.
0: And, and thoroughly uh, and, and, re- and ready to give us a review, right? Fantastic. <laughs> yes. All right. Great. Yes. Well, you know what? Again, like like we said, that's the magic of time lapse <laughs> when it comes to tech move. We are magicians, ladies and gentlemen. Keith, yes. let's get right into it. There are several okay. items that you had received Hardly any of them you had actually tried. There were a couple where you ruined the segment where you actually did try them, uh, even though we promoted that you had not. But nonetheless, let's try and make this one work. So let's run with it here. Okay. Let's start things off because I I love these things. I love LED uh, uh, lights that are, you know, that you can put on a hot shoe and stuff like that of your camera. Let's go back to the Draycast LED 160. Keith, what say you about it? What's so great about this one?
1: Um, there's nothing really that special about it, <laughs> other than the fact that it was cheap. I got it for a good deal. Right. Yeah. And pre- pretty much it. No, it's <laughs> and, and and that that pretty much says it all, does it not? That that says it all. It, no, it's it's a it's a nice um, high CRI um, bicolor light, so you can dial in the temperature. What is C-R- CRI? What does that mean? It stands for a Color Rendering Index, ah. and it is a term used to rate the kind of evenness of lights. Um, when you say something has a high CRI, if something has a CRI of over ninety, it means it's probably a pretty good-looking light, especially on f- flesh tones. Um, the The newer LEDs, the older LEDs had CRI's really low, like sixty, seventy. They were terrible. Okay, people look like people look like they belonged in The Walking Dead. That um,
0: or look uh, like flash was on all the time, right? Completely flash. washed out. Oh yeah, the, yeah, Just
1: washed out, you know? washed out, But the color—it was mainly the color part of it. Okay. The color would have been really greenish or oh, just okay. ugly. All right. Yeah. So, so as as LEDs have gotten better and better and better, the, the CRI has gotten higher. And now CRI isn't isn't always the best indication of, of a good light, but it's, it's one of them. It's one of the indications. So it's basically how even the spectrum is, mm-hmm. like between the, the different shades of colors, the different hues, how, how even it is across the board. You know, like like sunlight is super even. Uh, tungsten is super even. Anything that's heated, you know, some kind of material that's, that's actually heated up is usually a very nice even um, temperature right. spectrum. Um, things like LEDs, they tend to be kind of one-dimensional, but they're getting they're getting better now and so this is a, a pretty high CRI it looks good it's got a nice um solid aluminum case it's maybe a little bit heavier than the plasticy ones uh-huh but that's good in a way cuz then you can just drop it and not worry about it uh, the plastic ones, you drop them that's it
0: so it seems to be relatively resilient
1: yeah it's made out of some really thick corrugated um uh aluminum mm-hmm. the outside okay. so it's it's a, maybe a little too beefy in a way cuz it's a little bigger than some but it's it's great so I like it. It's just another little thing I can throw into the bag and, you know, and power it by the L series batteries, you know, small ones or big ones or whatever. Right. So it's good. just an extra thing that I got for a good deal. So I, I'm happy with it. Unfortunately, you're not going to be, a, nobody's going to be able to take advantage of this because it's this a one-time deal at B&H. So, you know, at its current price, it's probably not worth getting.
0: Uh, (laughs) right Uh, it's one of those things where it's perfect on a night on a nice uh, flash sale or something like that yes nothing you'd really want to pay full price for
1: no if you're going to get one of those just get a plastic one that's the same price with just plastic
0: right yeah gotcha gotcha like the one i probably have yeah like yours yeah which i think which in all reality is fantastic except i'm always going to keep coming to this well i probably said it earlier before takes five batteries. Why five? I'm always going to be... I'm always going to have an extra one in my bulk battery purchase. I'm always going to have an extra one. It always makes me mad. Anyway. I know. Okay. for the environment. Terrific. That's the uh, Draycast (laughs) LED uh, 160. Yep. Um, One thing that was funny is uh, we really wanted the update on the bright tangerine arm, which uh, at our last recording... You couldn't actually get to move. Rigor mortis had uh, <laughs> set in on this uh, bright tangerine arm. Uh, Keith, did you break out the welding torch to kind of <laughs> melt that thing uh, to get it to flex? What happened?
1: You know, I just used that that old standby brute force, and I just unscrewed the, the little um, elbow bolt. Um, and just unscrewed it, you know, quite a bit, and just turned it as hard as I could, turned the arms to separate them as hard as I could, and it did eventually move. It's just deceptively st- uh, tight at first. Oh, I think okay. it's because it's like the first time it's ever been done. Right. You know, so it's it's got a little sticktion. <laughs> okay. So I just moved it, and I went lo and behold, it moved. So you just basically, when something doesn't move, you and try you and break just, you,
0: you take a mallet to it, right? That's yeah. what I usually
1: do. I take a mallet. Yeah. Just twist it as hard as you possibly can, like with all all your strength, and, and then that'll that'll make it work better.
0: And you and and you got it and you got it to
1: go right. You got it to go and it, and it, got it really and it really didn't break. It was just
0: uh, uh just okay.
1: It was fine. It was fine. It's I think it's still a little bit on the tight side. Like I think if there's any adjustment to make it a little bit looser, it that would probably be better. Mm. Um, but it's not it's not horrible. You know, like I could still use it. And the thing is. Literally a just a monster arm. It's it's kind of small, you know. It's like the size of a regular Noga style arm. But those those Noga style arms, for the most part, are terrible. They're always unscrewing. They're always getting loose. They're always right. doing something weird. Right. So um, so this one's kind of cool because um, even when it's fairly tight, you can move it around and it still stays. So and you really can't do that with other arms. So you could you could have it. You could have a pretty hefty uh, monitor on it. You know, like I put my Odysseys on there, right? And you can just put it in whatever position you want, and it'll stay. So you kind of have to force it into that position with some force, but then after that, it'll stay. So that part's really good. So I actually, I like it. I That's like it. Good. It's yeah, it's a little heavier than I think it it needs to be. Like like I wish it could be just as strong, but not so heavy. Just I think it weighs like a couple pounds. Oh it's, really? It's not, yeah, it's not light. Oh yeah, it's a it's solid piece of couple pieces of metal, but um, yeah, probably but has I, to
0: be for all the stuff that it's proclaiming that it can hold. You know,
1: yeah, it's it's um supposedly holds twenty pounds or something, which is crazy. So, um, I mean, can you imagine putting twenty pounds onto an end of a a little arm like yeah, that? Yeah, it's
0: kind of kind of hard to believe, but uh, I mean, yeah. and and uh,
1: you know, and it not moving right, holding yeah. that twenty pounds, which is yeah, just pretty nifty. Yeah. So, and um, and one kind of good thing. So both ends have um, one one end has a quarter twenty in it, and that's the that's the end that you would put into like the monitor side probably, and then the other end has a three eighths, uh, standard three eighths, uh, screw, and that's kind of annoying because, I mean, the whole thing about these Noga arms and just all these arms in general is just when they ha- when they have a screw in type connection, they unscrew depending on where you have it. Like if you have it mounted like sticking out to the side. Um, it'll, it'll the weight of whatever monitor stuff will make it unscrew from whatever it's mounted to, which is kind of annoying. Y- you know what I mean? Like if you screw something in, and then you're just moving around, it'll start unscrewing from the threaded part that it's screwed into your camera or whatever right. thing you screwed it into. So, that's always been an annoying part of all these arms. So that's why I go f- go for these NATO SWAT type connectors, which are basically these clamps that clamp onto right. things. Right. Um. But uh, this doesn't have that. So, but what's What's actually a really good um, feature of it is that the, the three-eighths part, the part that goes into the camera or the tripod or whatever, that, that also has a part of it that's a 15-millimeter round section. So right before the part that screws in mm-hmm. is a larger metal uh, part that's 15 millimeters, exactly 15 millimeters in diameter, circular. Mm-hmm. And so you can put that into 15-millimeter holders that are much more secure. So what I've wound up doing is just uh, mounting a 15-millimeter-type hole clamp um, into wherever I want it to be, for example, on my camera, uh, on a tripod, or wherever I want to mount this Titan arm. Mm. And then I use that to secure it rather than screwing in the three eighths. Oh, to, nice. Into the camera. Yeah. So I thought that that was a pretty good touch. On the other side, though, it's still got kind of the issue, which is the quarter 20 onto the monitor. And if you... If you twist the monitor in a, such a way where you're un like uh, unscrewing it mm-hmm. it might it might unscrew on you hmm. so I'll have to figure out a solution to that but um but overall um it's nice I mean it's expensive, but it's not more expensive than Zacuto stuff, so fantastic, um, yeah, so something so you will keep i'm keeping it excellent yeah, that I'm is the
0: bright. It tangerine arm
1: fantastic good uh yeah
0: so, uh, you know i think so far so good two for two uh you know it, two two. It, 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 with keith moreau it almost doesn't get this good
1: nope it does not
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so now let's move on to the sweat d tap keith the Swit yeah. d tap remind our
1: good listening audience including myself what this thing is it's Basically just a battery that you normally put into a camcorder. Oh I remember. And that's yeah, right. Okay. And it's got little extra power outlets on it.
0: Had USB on it and all this kind of stuff, right? You could power USB. Yeah.
1: It's got a USB and it's also got another connector called a D tap, which I think is typically twelve volts. Um but it's just a little two pin connector that is used to power a lot of professional gear. There's just it's kind of like a universal connector. So if you have this on, for example, on my FS5, which normally has a, a kind of big, expensive battery on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you buy the Sony ones, they're pretty expensive. And this battery's not cheap. I think this battery's like 250 bucks, and it's big. Um, but it's very powerful, and it's got these DTAP things. So if I wanted to, even though it's big and heavy, uh, it's still less big and heavy than putting separate batteries in all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you have a big rig and you just want to have one battery and not worry about all these other batteries, you can just use this one. And then plug your Odyssey in, or if you have a any Atomus stuff or other um, you know phones to charge or whatever, you can just plug them all into one battery. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so that's why I got it. I got it mainly just to save a little bit of weight in space when I'm running with uh, lots of extra peripherals on my on my FS5.
0: And how did it do?
1: It does great. It does great. It's a nice big battery, and uh, nothing more to say other than the fact that it's big and powerful (laughs) and it works so it can uh light up a a small city
0: then maybe
1: yeah it can light up several cities Mm -hmm. well the lego cities right and uh (laughs) yeah so nothing more to say other than it's high quality kind of expensive but sometimes batteries are so
0: great great okay all right well that is the Swit d-tap battery and um okay here we go one of my favorites here
1: here's the big one Yes. Let's
0: talk Phantom 4 Plus. Let, I, we, we got to hear about this one.
1: Okay. Well, Phantom 4 Plus. So, I I just actually used it like 2 days ago for the first time. I had it sitting in my garage for about a month. I just had not had time to break it out cuz when you break the stuff out it's kind of an investment time. I mean, you have to just to break it out and make sure it works and fly it. It's it's going to take like at least a couple hours. Sure. So, cuz you have to um,
0: set it right and all this kind of
1: thing, right? Yeah, well the you know one of the things and I kind of forgot about it um when I when I last did this is you actually have to register the DJI which is an online thing. Oh, okay. So it it's kind of like your controller the thing that has like the remote joystick thing mm-hmm. communicates with your with your Phantom and they kind of lock together. Mm-hmm. But before the Phantom can actually fly like it will not take off unless you register it with DJI. Oh, very smart. Yeah. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. And uh and the last time I did it with my Phantom 4, not the 4 Pro, but the 4, which is last year's, um, it was really quick. I just did it. It it logged in. It said, okay, and then it was ready to fly. Well, this time, it could not get it to register. Oh. I Yeah, I had it all set up. It was communicating. The Phantom and the controller were communicating. Oh, yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about the controller and, and all that. So so basically, there's always a controller that has joysticks on it. That's how you fly it. That's how you can make it lift off, land, etc. And in the past... You'd have to put your iPad or Android or iPhone and connect it directly to this controller. Mm-hmm. It had like a USB port on it for that, mm-hmm. and that was kind of cool. But in a way, it was a little kludgy because you had to have this little clamp thing that clamped in your 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 device, your screen, smart device, and then and then you had to plug it into your your iPad, and then. I mean, plug it into your controller and, or and your iPad. So for example, what I used was and I used an iPad most of the time because it's nice and big. Right. But the problem is, is that especially out outside, it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to see sometimes. The iPad just isn't that bright, so right. you'd have to put i would have to put a hood on it to see it. And then by the time you have all this stuff and put it together, it take it's you're, it's pretty time consuming to just get this to set up in the field. Sure. And it's got extra moving parts and things that can be lost and blown away and you know, placed somewhere temporarily while you're fiddling with something else and could be lost. So what I did was I ordered the Phantom pro the Phantom four pro plus. Okay. And the plus is that it actually has an included screen and it's like a seven inch, eight inch screen. Oh, okay. And it's a, and the, and it's, it's all kind of all built in already. It's all, it's all built in. I don't have to uh, add an iPad to it Mm, or anything. mm -hmm. Um, and and, and also it's a high brightness screen so it's supposedly works out in the sun Ooh, you know okay. where where it's where you can actually see what's going on in the sun so anyway so and it's all you know it's all really well made the, the actual heli- helicopter is pretty much the same as my phantom 4 i couldn't i didn't see too much of a difference but i think it's got a little some subtle differences in safety and sensors and things mm-hmm. um i think internally there's a big difference in the camera quality and, and other things anyway so I kind of got it all set up and communicating. That went pretty quick. That took like 15 minutes. Um but then when I tried to register it, it just would give DJI kept giving me this error. It said could not connect to the server. T- try again after reboot. Mm. So, and I thought, oh great. Just and, just a simple
0: error. It's it's really not giving you too much, right, as most error
1: messages do. It was very generic. Mm. It, w- it was, it was kind of implying that there was an error on the other side, like it wasn't communicating. But I'm pretty sure it was communicating, because the part of the controller that was communicating with DJI mm-hmm. was giving me all kinds of announcements and ads and things from DJI itself that okay. were live, that right. were obviously live. So I think it was communicating over the internet fine with it. Mm. And I was able to log in with my DJI account. I have a DJI account already for my other stuff. and. And so I think it, you know, I, the internet connection was working. It was just this one registration part of it that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so it just wouldn't go,
0: right? It's just stuck, in the, and, and all you know is that it's not working. Error. What is the error?
1: What is the error? And so I looked it up on the internet. A few people had similar issues, but there was no real conclusive reason like their registration servers could have been down. And this was Chinese New Year. This is the day of Chinese New Year. Oh, wow. Okay. So GGI is a Chinese company. Mm. They're closed. Oh. They're closed for like a week. Oh, you know, yeah. Just like all Chinese companies of are. Of course. Yeah. so Because it's, it's like the huge holiday there. Yeah, that's and, right. And they even had an announcement on their forum and support page. Uh, we're not going like, to be like, answering like. calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're nowhere <laughs> to be found. Don't worry. We didn't close up. We're just uh, celebrating our holiday.
1: Yeah. So I was like, okay, great. So I, I can't really even get any support anyway. Um, so I just... I said, well, maybe it's because the firmware on the helicopter is too old, so I'm going to upgrade the firmware. So I upgraded the firmware on the helicopter or the quadcopter to to the, the latest firmware. But then I thought, oh, maybe the firmware on my on my controller is old, and it was. Mm. And and updating the firmware on the controller is much more obscure than on the quadcopter. I guess it's not done as often. But yeah. I, I upgraded that. It still had the same issue, and I was like, great. Okay, so now three and a half hours had passed, and actually oh. i had I had <laughs> scheduled a shoot with this quadcopter uh-huh. at like one p m and it's not good and now it's getting to like noon, so I've been working on it since eight a m like four hours of frustrating you know firmware upgrading, downgrading <laughs> right
0: <laughs> no, <errors>. it,
1: yeah. <laughs> it, with
0: no end in sight, correct, no end in sight
1: pretty much no end in sight, right. so I'm just like stabbing in the dark, dark at this point at one point. I thought it, I thought it it somehow had registered, even though it didn't tell me it was successful, uh-huh. because it ad- actually started communicating with the with with the Phantom. Oh wow! I could see the f- the camera of the Phantom and do a little bit of controlling with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, "Okay, great, it's somehow it's working." So I brought it outside to my little porch just to lift it up in the air, and it wouldn't lift off. It would just refuse to <laughs> lift off. So I think it was actually a bug in the software that was letting me see the the Phantom, but right. not but the phantom was smart enough not to to take off without being <laughs> registered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that's great. So, anyway, so I just said, okay, what else could it be? Could it be because I used an illegal character in the name because you got to name your phantom before uh-huh. you. Right. So you give it a name, and I just I just named it Keith's uh f- Pro 4 Plus with the with the symbol plus at the end because okay. that's how DJI names it. Sure. And, you know, they use a, pl- a pl- plus symbol. And I just left the plus symbol off, okay? Uh-huh. And then after I took the plus symbol off, it just worked immediately. It registered. Really? Okay, thanks. You registered. Great. <laughs> have fun. Is that right? So <laughs> yeah. So so the plus sign
0: was one of those char- it was a special character that you really shouldn't be using, even though it's in the name itself.
1: I, I think so. I guess it could have been just luck. No. Because I haven't really tried changing it back to plus and see if it doesn't work right but i know that when i didn't use the plus it just suddenly started working so (laughs) anyway don't use a plus people just don't use just use regular letters don't (laughs) yeah or you can use chinese characters if you're chinese because there is a selection in there and the very first time i brought it up a lot of the menus were in chinese (laughs)
0: oh is that right (laughs) yeah really
1: like the like the okay box which i assumed was okay was actually in chinese and stuff like that so um it, it th- and the thing was, I got it like a month ago, and it had just come out, so I think it, I got a pretty early version of the firmware. Right. And so anyway, so <laughs> I finally got it working. So I called um the person I was going to film, and I said, "Okay, I, I got it working. We can try it." But I have I don't even know like if it's going to work because I basically just lifted it off for two minutes. Right. And 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 then landed it. So you know we can try it. So let's give it a try. So, yeah. So, I tried it out there in the field, and it had been a little while since I'd used my Phantom, and I forgot how to use some of the things. Sure. So, um, but I, it was, I, I remembered well enough to kind of get it to work, and to work well, and it's very stable, and very safe, and probably safer than the last one. And Okay, so I have to tell you, I was actually filming um, at this place in San Francisco called Bernal Heights. Yes. And you you may be familiar I am f- with it. It's I am w-
0: familiar with that. Very famous.
1: Yeah. So like San Francisco has a bunch of kind of tall hills. Yep. Like the the whole city is a bunch of hills. Yeah. And on top of every almost every hill is a big antenna array. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which are known to, you know, interfere with with quadcopters and RC devices and make them crash. Right. So, my particular shoot was on Bernal Heights, very near the atten- antenna array. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as I get it set up, I get like Warning! Warning! <laughs> Severe interference noticed. Flight, flight at risk. Caution! Caution! Coming now, from my, now is my is, is
0: this is this flashing text, or is there sound that comes with it, or or what is it?
1: Um, I think there is a, a little voice that says caution. Really? Like, but that's it. It and then the rest is text and and like big warnings of yellow, not not red, which means don't do it or you're going to kill somebody. Right. But um the yellow like you may kill somebody and we're not responsible. So <laughs> you, you know, when it has stuff like that, will it just cease
0: working? Is there that type of feature on, on uh uh on the
1: on the machine? There's some situations where it just won't take off. Okay. Yeah, right. like if it senses that it's it's an enclosed environment mm-hmm. or it's unsafe, uh there are situations where it just won't okay um and and usually it's just some kind of glitch like you can just move it a few feet in it like i'll give you an example um (laughs) this is actually kind of scary the the software when i was when i was flying it and this and the helicopter is like uh well luckily the helicopter was just about ready to land so it was like above the kind of firm ground yes it was in the middle of the air like over the city or something which is where it was for a while yes um it uh, it crashed. the The controller crashed. Oh wow! And says so, and so controller has had an error. Do you want to reboot now? And this and the quadcopter is still flying. <laughs> 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 so I'm kind of going, hmm. <laughs> I'm really glad that this helicopter is like kind of kind of near me pretty close to the ground because right. what if that had happened when it was out there and yes in, in the middle of nowhere right i mean so, what, if, what
0: if it was out there in the <laughs> wild or whatever it yeah. is yeah
1: yeah so that was kind of scary i think some of it had to do with the fact that it was pretty close to the antennas hmm. um but it could have been anything anyway so so that was that, so i rebooted it and luckily the it kind of re-grabbed onto the quadcopter and and started communicating and i was able to land it um another time the the quadcopter just would not land it just said it's unsafe to land here. Oh, okay. And, and the, the landing zone was a little, it wasn't quite level. It was just slightly at an angle, but not mm. terrible. Mm. I'd, te- I'd, I'd lifted off and landed several times in that same spot. Um, but for some reason, it thought that it was just unsafe. So huh. I had to move it over like 10 feet to a little bit slightly more level ground, and then I was able to land it. Wow. So I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. It, it does have a lot of safety kind of annoying safety features you know? <laughs> kind
0: of annoying but yet somewhat <laughs> necessary at the same time
1: yeah it's really fun to fly because you feel like it's pretty pretty darn safe uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um there's even a, a, a obstacle avoidance feature where it just will not get closer than five feet like I was my shot was to fly right up into f- the front of this guy's face uh-huh. and of course I wasn't going to do it at full speed I was going pretty slow and going to speed it up later but um, but it wouldn't let me get within five feet of this guy, oh really? oh, like wow. it just stopped it wow. just stopped it would even if I pushed the controls forward, it would not go forward. Yeah. You can disable those features, mm-hmm. and so I actually had to deactivate that feature and I got pretty close to him like a couple feet away.
0: That's pretty good, yeah,
1: so anyway, so yeah, I like I like it um I made a made a mistake. I wanted to record an h two six five which is a higher quality it's basically a higher compression ratio. Right. Um so it's it's kind of the equivalent I would think it's the equivalent of if you're recording 100 megabits per second on H.264 it's like the equivalent of recording 150 megabits per second. Okay. So um but unfortunately I guess I hadn't set it up properly to record in H.265 cuz it cuz when I looked at this footage later it was H.264. Oh, okay. So it's probably slightly blockier and coarser than than the 265.
0: I believe but, 265 is the same
1: um same format that the GH5 is going to be using. I think so. I think so. And I th- and I wish that more manufacturers would use that. Uh-huh. Because they could get a lot more um well 50% more quality mm. in their stuff. Mm. You know, cuz I'm always out for quality. Not so much saving space, but just getting better quality. Right. And uh yeah, so I I screwed up on that. So I I don't really know how the uh, 265 footage looks but the 264 looks pretty good it looks usable yeah i'm
0: guessing at least usable
1: it's definitely usable and it's 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 not it's probably not the sharpest 4k like if you compare the 4k of the a7r2 to that it's it's like night and day oh really okay yeah yeah the a7r2 is way better okay um you know just the details and the sharpness um but it's not it's not terrible it's it's and probably even an iPhone is slightly better, I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's still, you know, considering this teeny little camera is a one-inch sensor and it's flying on on the bottom of this teeny little quadcopter is mm. pretty darn amazing. Yeah. That is pretty neat. Uh, DJI's hardware is really good. So, Their software, eh. and
0: <laughs> Well, well, so far, uh, I, I, I guess the, the, the thing to learn is just try not to use too many special characters you might you might cause it to hiccup or something or explode. yeah just i would
1: just say use vowels and consonants <laughs> don't use <laughs> anything else <laughs> <laughs> oh, really no good. ampersands no semicolons so the just, phantom yes. 4 plus something you're going to keep i am i i am definitely going to keep it
0: do you yeah. uh, can you foresee yourself as you start to master it even more uh, using it more often.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to use it uh, more often. I'm I'm on the way to be getting a commercial license for it. Oh, great! So, yeah, there's a test you can take, and once I take that test, I'll be able to fly it. Um, Excellent for money, for legally for money. So very good. Not rather than illegally for money, like I do now. Right? Exactly. So, yes. You, you, just getting
0: FAA. You'll, you'll be uh, able to carry that, uh, add another thing to your already gigantic wallet already, I'm sure. <laughs> right? there will be just this gigantic wallet oh, with another. All full of permits All and permits licenses. and licenses. Yes, yeah. to yeah. fly this, do that, whatever this, whatever that. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. That is the uh, Phantom uh, 4 Plus. Uh, four and maybe Pro Plus. Pro, sure. 4 p- Pro Plus. Plus, that's a mouthful. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Holy moly! And and, and and you know what's great is that um, you know you say it fast, and we could probably uh, have it as a curse word. So anyway, um, <laughs> all right, uh, another great DJI uh, thing, about uh, Yes. Or, oh, okay. Let's move on. Yes. Another exciting thing because I really love I I really love their first uh, uh, thing, which was the H one. And very seriously considered that until uh, uh, you were good enough to uh, introduce me to the Nebula. And that is the Pilot Fly H2. And yes. uh, that is something that I've been wanting to hear about how, how you've been doing with that thing.
1: Yeah, so I was inspired actually to get this thing because I saw it being used at a dance, uh, at, actually at this New Year's, huge New Year's party that I was at. And there was this photographer, videographer lady. Mm-hmm. And she had this really cool setup, which was this unit, the pilot flight, and it was mounted on top of a monopod. And so I thought that was really cool that she kind of could do both. You know, she could not have to worry about dismounting the thing and just use it on on the monopod when she didn't need to have steady cam stuff and it mm-hmm. would kind of relieve the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also she could use it with the monopod as well if she wanted to. It was just, I don't know what the monopod it was, just some... Brand a monopod, but it was just kind of cool. And then I said, hmm, "What is that thing?" And then I looked it up, and I found the Pilotfly H2. And I and I found out that it had a pretty high weight capacity, like it actually could hold like up to something like five pounds. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Which is so kind of a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. It's not it's not small. Right. The whole the thing is not small. It's definitely one of the bigger of this of the single handled gimbals. But anyway, so I just decided to order it. With with the possible great possibility that I would return it, right? My main my main hope was to see really if if the weight um, capacity was was really true or not, or if it was just you know over advertising, mm-hmm. which so, oftentimes
0: places do do that.
1: Yeah, but for example, I think it has twice, th- its its pr- purported weight capacity is twice that of my Came TV single. Oh, so okay. just to give you an idea, and they're kind of the same size. The single's a little bit more delicate. Uh uh-huh. um it's a little slightly smaller in places and a little bit more error to it. The H2 is kind of like a big solid piece of metal. Um although I think the H I f- personally feel like the industrial design of the H2 is better than the came single. So the main thing I was going to use it for is to see if I could actually fly my FS5. And um so I spent a lot of time getting it mounted on my FS5 or mounting my FS5 to it. Right. And which is which is a
0: heavy, which is heavy, big, kind of awkward, all this kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's well, you know, the it's kind of funny, but the the FS5 itself, if it's all stripped down, with, even without the lens and and the even the viewfinder and the handle mm. and the top handle, is actually really light. Oh, okay. It's like less than two pounds. Mm. Um, you kind of need to have the LCD on it to do anything with it, to adjust it, mm. um, menus and stuff. So that adds a few more ounces to it, and you have to figure out a place to mount it. Um, you could even mount that. Off of the off of the actual camera, if you wanted to, because it's got a fairly long cord, mm. but to that goes into the body for the LCD. And one of the great things I think about the Pilotfly H2 is it uses a standard um, Swiss Arca type sliding plate, which is a really it's a it's a pretty pretty standard part in in the camera industry. It's mostly used for for still cameras, right. but it's used a lot more now in video and small video and stuff too. And I I, I it's one of my standards. Um, like one of my main tripods uses that as its lighting plate. Um, so I have tons of these plates around. And so I wasn't actually able to use the plate that came with it with my FS5. It was just too front heavy. okay. Because it's it's light, but the thing about it, it's longer than an SLR. Oh, okay. Um, so the actual, you know, the depth of the body. Like in, a, like in a Sony, for example, A7, it's only about an inch deep, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the lens sticks out. Well, in the case of the FS5, it's like five or... So inches deep, maybe six inches deep. So that's a lot, a lot more clearance it needs in the back, or, or it's protruding much more in the back. Yeah. Towards the back side of this, and then it starts hitting the back side of the, of the H2 or any single handle gimbal. So what a strategy is is to add weight to the back. Use a bigger battery. Um, put some weights on the back side of it, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to push the thing too far back. So it's the center of gravity is still, still centered even with a lens on it okay so what i did was i fashioned a plate i I took one of my longer um swiss arca plates that i have sliding plate maybe like a four inch four or five inch plate Mm -hmm. and then i mounted another little um what's called a cheese cheese plate it's basically just like a one one inch by four inch long plate which a bunch with a bunch of quarter 20 holes drilled into it right so you can so can,
0: so you can mount it kind of you can mount whatever the, the camera to any part of that plate is
1: that correct yeah yeah. so what I did was I mounted the camera to the standard Swiss Arca plate and then I made a T with the back with this cheese plate mm-hmm. so imagine that the T the part of the cheese plate, plate is on the back towards the back side of the camera mm-hmm. and then I put and then I had some little weights quarter 20 weights that I screwed into the back to weight it down so with that I was actually able to balance the FS5 Oh, okay. So, yeah. And it actually kind of worked. It kind of <laughs> worked with a light lens. It kind of
0: worked. Uh, wh- wh- what kind of light lens? Like a like a fisheye or something like that? 50 mil? No more than bigger than that? What, what are you um, talking about?
1: Yeah, I don't think I would be able to use anything kind of adapted lens on it. That just wouldn't work. Right. Um, so I used a couple native Sony lenses. I have uh, a native 10 to 18, which is a nice light wide lens. Yep. It's um APS-C style lens. It's actually not a bad lens. Um, I've used that quite a bit on my A7s, and that was able to balance pretty well. I also have a Rokinon 12 millimeter that I that I like, and I was able to balance that. I would probably tend to put the Sony one on because it's got built-in optical stabilization, which you which doesn't hurt on a gimbal. Right, it evens out of the little teeny little shakes that might occur. So I tried it. I was able to fly it a little bit. Um, I was able to fly it pretty well without the LCD on top. When I put the LCD on top to actually use it and see it, Hmm. then it started getting a little wonky. Like it wasn't, it was starting to kind of vibrate no matter what I did with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And vibration means you have to tune it. And then there's this, um, software it's called simple, um, BCG, Hmm. uh, or BGC. Um, simple gimbal control something like that and it's a it's a dos or it's it's a windows or mac app that goes to the serial uh, through the usb port and then plugs into your into your h2 or other devices that use this um, open source software Mm -hmm. and uh, so i i kind of exposed myself for the first time really of trying to tune this thing with this really hard to use obscure software mm-hmm. that has many versions that is are really beta and don't work at all. <laughs> so <laughs> like you have to find, like there's lots of versions, but if you load the latest version on right, it there's thing there's actually features that are missing where you can't actually even use it. Oh wow. Especially on the Mac. So I had to load a version that was earlier than what was supplied to me by PilotFly, fly. Mm-hmm. And then I tried all these different combinations and you know, it's kind of like a black art, uh, using this tuning the software. And, oh, uh, I-
0: I'm still trying to figure out the nebula for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you, not- you know, you, you you hit it every once in a while, but you know, it's it it just takes so much time to 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 get it right. That yeah, you know, that's why. Like when I get the A sixty five hundred, I'm just gonna leave the GH one on the Nebula and never move it again, you know, because I'll be it'll be perfect. the The GH one is perfect for that. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, anyway, go on. I'm sorry, that's a good go on.
1: No, no, that's that's a good interlude. Um, well, this this software to control and tune the gimbal is really obscure and like voodoo. Mm. So there's some people that are really good at it. And supposedly, PilotFly has the ability to help you tune your camera for you. Like, it's one of their services. At least this is what people told me mm-hmm. on the internet. Mm. Um, so I sent them an email because I couldn't really get it to tune very well with my FS5. Like, it just wasn't... It, it wasn't, wasn't going really perfectly. U- it wasn't perfect. It was vibrating too much. And, like, I wouldn't want to use it because it, those vibrations would show up. Right. So I... Um, I emailed them and I think I emailed them twice without any response. And finally you got a response saying, Oh, just go to the, um, go to the simple BCG software and, and adjust, adjust the strength of the motors and the vibration will go away. Thank
2: mm-hmm.
0: you. <laughs> it sounds like my have, type have, of customer service, the <laughs> kind that I
1: give to all
0: of our tech move listeners. Oh yeah. Thank well, you. another episode will come out. Oh yeah. It'll be right away. It'll be right around the corner. That's what I do.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so and there I I like the Pilot Fly but it's like over $1000 um and I really I've got the Came TV single and I don't really need it because I don't think I'm going to be able to get anything usable out of my FS5 with it. Oh and that's and that's really the only reason that I would I would really want to keep it would be cuz I've I've the Came TV single is adequate for my smaller cameras. Right it's really nice right and and it maybe the h2 is a little bit better there's a couple features it's str- a little bit stronger probably would work more smoothly maybe in some situations but i don't have too many smoothness problems with my my came tv mm. the one big big thing that i that i love about the h2 is the fact that it folds up flat it just completely squashes down to a flat um st- for storage right and the came tv single is always kind of a, a weird it, um mode where it's taking up a lot of space. Ah. Oh, so, it so, just...
0: so the H2 kind of folds nice or puts away nice? Yeah, it,
1: it flattens out completely. So it's only like a one inch by however big it is. That's pretty space. Nice. Yeah, so you could put it into a little compartment pretty easily. The CAME TV kind of needs a lot of space to move it around. Mm. You know, it needs it needs like the the equivalent of like a Canon uh, 1D Mark II with a lens on it mm. to transport it around, which is kind of big. Yeah. So... Um, but that's you know I can live with that, you know. And then in a couple months when NAB comes out, there's going to be a whole new slew of gimbals out that yep. are going to be better and cheaper.
0: Absolutely, so, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so the H2 is going back. Is it's that what going you're saying? Back. Really? It's going
1: back. Okay. Yes, it's going back. All yeah. right. So, so you know, spend a thousand dollars on something else I really need.
0: Yeah. Or, it, I mean, especially you have Came TV, and and if it's not working on the FS5, well. You know there you go It's kind of yeah. tough to have all these things just for one camera
1: yeah and, and yeah it and not
0: really working 100% for that so right
1: so all this was kind of born out of flying the FS5 because really why would I want to fly the FS5 as opposed to my a7s mm-hmm. because the quality um, of the a7s a7R mark ii and even the a7s is in I think better than the mm-hmm. FS5 I think the the image quality is better um, so why would I do it? Well, the main reason I would do it would be so I could record raw or 10-bit. Right. Um, and that requires an external recorder. So that means I have to have this big thi- thing hanging somewhere <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know? So if I have this handheld gimbal but I still have this big thing hanging off of it or hanging on me, yeah, then w- what have I really saved yep. compared to a, a bigger gimbal? Yep that I could mount all this stuff. So that brings up these bigger gimbals that I also tested. Oh, okay. so that's my segue into that. Oh, bigger gimbals. Ex-
0: <laughs> e- excellent. As, so, uh, bigger gimbals that hold more weight, yes. have bigger capacity, pro- probably not like a, uh, just a single handheld gimbal
1: is probably, no, your, these are the two, the two handle handle type of things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, a lot of people had said that the, the, lettuce uh 35 helix jr was really good for the fs5 mm-hmm. so i ordered one of those okay and uh i think for some people it probably works really well but i basically spent about two hours um kind of unpacking it and balancing it and and i nearly just broke apart my fs5 trying to get it to work. <laughs> seriously as soon as i turned it on it just kind of like twirled around and hit things and <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy, and I just kind of felt like, well, you know, maybe I can get this to work. But if I have this much trouble just out of the box, I don't think I want to deal with it. Um, another thing is, is that these things get heavy, right? Oh, they do. And, they certainly yeah, do. so yeah, and, and the le- this Helix Junior is not light. It's not. It's it's and it's kind of a strange. It's it's different than other uh, gimbals, like the the Ronin, which I'll be talking about in a minute. Um, most of those gimbals are two handles, but the but the, the device hangs down. Okay. Um, you know the the camera hangs down. Right. So, and that's probably because they evolved from from hanging down from helicopters and stuff, because mm. that's where they came from. Okay. But um, in the case of the lettuce, it's like an inverted metal. So it's like a single handled gimbal, but with handles on it. Okay. With extra handles. Right. And and it's just kind of weird because um, I mean I have to, it's kind of hard to describe, but basically. Your hands are holding part of the gimbal that actually does the tilting part of it. So uh, your your hands are actually holding the tilting part of it. It's not like you're suspending something and then it's doing all the work. Your your hand is part of that whole process. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's weird. It's so weird so does that
0: mean you still have? I mean, like, of course you're you're controlling the thing, but. You kind of hope that the motor takes over this the, the the smoothness of it, right?
1: Yeah, it does, and I think it'll it moves around um, based based on in level and 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 altitude and stuff like that. But it um, it requires you to be holding it all the time. Oh, okay. You know, you can't. I mean, you can't mount it on something you know like other gimbals you can actually use them in, uh, for other reasons like mounting on different devices right. but this thing is really meant for holding with two hands and that's pretty much it um, and and the way that it can get away with having heavier um, cameras is it, it doesn't have the limitation of the back side of it so most most gimbals have a they have a, 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 thing, a, a thing that holds it and but it's got a back side to it and, and it's, you can't push the camera back farther than a certain amount mm. or else it'll hit that back side of it. Okay. Um, kind of like, it's like a C right. That holds the, it's like a C that's right behind, say the battery compartment of the bat of the camera, right. Of the camcorder and that battery compartment, that backside of the camera will just eventually hit that, that C. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the lettuce is it doesn't have one of those. The backside's totally kind of open and you're just moving the whole camera back and forth. So that's why you can get bigger cameras on it, longer cameras mm. on it. So it's kind of cool for longer cameras. Right. Um but no, I just I just tried it for a couple hours and just yeah, no. I'm going to return this. It it wasn't doing it for you. It just wasn't it was too much. It was too I felt like it was kind of jury-rigged as well. Uh-huh. I I felt like the battery, the way the battery plugged in and and just just a fit and finish. It mm-hmm. just didn't I didn't feel like it was I felt like it was kind of like a homemade project. And I, and I hope that lettuce isn't listening to me and just hating me for it. But <laughs> I kind of felt like it was an evolved homemade project, you know. So,
0: uh, well, little do you know, I started a new company called Lettuce uh, <laughs> Lettuce Thirty Five. Is that what it is? Lettuce 30, Bacon 35? Lettuce and Tomato. Uh, uh, but, uh, let me let me spell that real quick. They spell it L E T U S Thirty Five. Yes, yes. and actually, company. I'm a repeat customer. Oh, okay. Because so you, so you do I actually a, like them. It's just not this. No, I like. I
1: I love them. One of my, I I bought this amazingly gigantic, um, thirty-five millimeter lens adapter from there, them like ten years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That it would take a regular thirty-five millimeter lens, project it onto a spinning ground glass, and then put that through a mirror and put that into my my camcorders. Oh, okay. And that's how you emulated um, large sensors. Yeah, it was really weird and it was gigantic and it just, you know, it was totally impractical, but <laughs> for about a year I used it to to, you know, do what DLSRs did the next year. Right. Uh, you know, for a lot less money. But anyway. So, yeah, so it's it's it went back. I already got a refund <laughs> on that one.
0: And and uh okay, so uh, then let's it, it, since that one's the Helix Junior, that that's yes. been thrown out in the garbage can. <laughs> let's talk about the DJI Ronin then.
1: Okay, DJI Ronin M actually. So M, there's two the yeah. M, yeah. Mm. the The original Ronin was kind of I feel kind of groundbreaking. It was kind of like saying to Movi, hey, yeah, we're gonna do what you are doing, but we're gonna do it for like one tenth the price. So not the one tenth, but a lot less. Right. Um, so because the movies were five to ten thousand dollars. Oh wow. And then the Ronin, the Ronin was like two thousand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right off the bat, and the Ronin M. Now, nowadays, I think it started a little bit more expensive when it first came out. But nowadays, the Ronin M is only like a thousand dollars. So this Ronin M, which is big, huge, and it comes with a lot of stuff, is less expensive than the Pilotfly H two. Hmm. Um So and and the thing about the Ronin, all the DJI Ronin stuff and Ronin M is they there's this kind of uh, it's kind of like why you would choose the Sony over Micro Four Thirds uh-huh. because there's so much so many other people making extra stuff for these things. Because oh, it's so popular. Right,
0: right, 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 right.
1: Yeah. Which is and what I'm really into. Yeah. You want to take advantage of the the popularity of something because there's usually some gadget that's made for it. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's kind of what's really cool about the DJI Ronin-M. Anyway, so I got the Ronin-M. I also got this um, special kind of T-plate. It's kind of like a professional-made plate, like the one I made for the for the H2 to help balance the weight in the back. right. But it's 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 all made to fit into the Ronin M, which has its own special type of plate. It has holes to to mount weights and things in the back of it, to to do that back weighting thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the Ronin M is not really meant for really large cameras. Okay. It it has the it has the motor power for it, but it doesn't have the the size of its cage is not deep enough. Oh. So mm-hmm. like the regular Ronin, you can buy these arm extenders to make the make it go out farther, mm. and allow more space in the back. Uh, but in the case of the M, you can't. So the only solution is to weight down the back of your camera. So this this company called Cinemill, this cameraman started because he, he, he was a steadycam expert, and he saw this need, and he invented this whole company to help improve the workability of these Ronins and Ronin M's. Mm. So one of the products is this. It's called the Cinemill Dovetail Plate or something like that. And it has little holes that are these 3 um threaded holes that you can put the weights you can buy from Cinemilled in there. The Cinemilled, uh weights are actually pretty expensive, uh, although they're really nicely made. Um, I actually did a kind of cheaper jury rig thing. I bought the—oh, our, our friends at Optica. Oh, Optica, Optica sure, sure. Yeah, sure. so there's little quarter-twenty um, weights they have. And, you know, and the, you know what?
0: Those are very well made, actually. They are. I, do, they are. I do love their little weights. The, they're cool-looking.
1: Yeah, so you can buy, I think, like six of these for less than fifty dollars. Um, so that's what I did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of of the Optico weights, whereas if you if you got six of the Cinnamilt weights, it would be like two hundred dollars. Oh wow! Okay. S- yeah, because they're they're not cheap. Right. Um. Although although you know I would rather use the Cinnamilt ones because they're actually better. But um, in this case, it didn't matter. Yeah. So um, so I got a couple of them just to see how they were. Anyway, um. Yeah, so with all the weights and everything balanced, and I think I sent you a couple photos of the my final rig, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, and so in, I got and it all
0: quite impressive, actually.
1: Yeah, so I got my my Odyssey mounted on it. I had the 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 really big lenses mounted on with adapters on my FS5. I was using the um, the eighteen to thirty five on my FS5, mm-hmm. the famous Sigma that we yeah, oh, that we oh oh the
0: the Sigma Art. Yeah, yeah. I had
1: that eighteen thirty five with an adapter onto my FS5, and then my FS5 had a bunch of weight on it to to make it balanced. Um, I was able to get it to balance with even that huge front end. Wow. Um, I was able to mount my my Odyssey on top, connect it in, do raw recording with it. Um, You know, pretty much get it to work really well. The only thing is it weighs like 20 pounds. (laughs) And holding up 20 pounds in front of you (gasps) for more than a few minutes is... Not easy. No, it's, uh, it's,
0: you're actually, uh, training for the Mr. Olympia
1: contest when you start doing that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's quite a bit.
1: You remember when I, when I went to LA, um, Cinegear in LA? Yes. And I, and I interviewed the, um, the ready rig folks. Yes.
0: Uh, Oh, you mean, you mean that overhead vest thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if I were to, if I were to entertain the thought of using this 20 pound rig, for any extended period of time I would have to get something like this this uh, ready rig absolutely that's that's what I would think I would think that
0: you can't be carrying around all that stuff that's no that'd be crazy
1: yeah and it's a big commitment because the whole this whole device and everything it's not I mean once it's set in this this it's not like screwing on your little thing to the Nebula, right? Right. Or the H2 or My Came TV. That's like a five-minute process. Right. This is like an investment. This takes an hour just to get it all set up. Oh, I, w- I would have,
0: I mean, like, y- you actually have to plan for it and know that that's on your shooting schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that, like, compare this to, say, the Phantom 4 Pro shoot. It's way easier to get a 4 Pro shoot. In the air, then get this Ronin thing working and on a shoot, right? Right. So, and then you have to get the you have to get the um, ready rig. That's Mm -hmm. another two thousand, at least two thousand dollars. Then and then you're committed. You're the ready rig guy. You're not anything else on this gig. (laughs) (laughs) You're the ready rig and Ronin guy. That's all you're doing. You're not a filmmaker. You're not a director. You're not a production assistant. You're the you're the ready rig guy. You're ready Very much like how steady cam guys were just steady yeah. cam guys, right? Yeah. So I was trying to picture myself. Am I that guy? Anytime? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be that guy.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be
1: that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I'm gonna be telling that guy what to do. Right? But I'm not gonna be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be the idiot with the vest and the nine
0: with, with, with the nine foot like overhead poles coming out of me. It look like I look like uh, what, what, what's the what's what's the uh Spider Man um is it Doctor Otto or something like that? Doctor Octopus? Just, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Octopus yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean it looked like that for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's funny. Yeah. So unfortunately, even though it's really cool. And works really, really well. Like, I I, I did quite a bit of filming, well, in one-minute increments. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it's so heavy. Before you had to put the darn thing down from just exhaustion. Yeah, it's like you're pumping your biceps. Oh, sure. Sure, sure you are. Um, I just can't can't see myself really using it in a real-world situation very often. So and you know by by the time you add it all up and you add the easy rig now you're up to like four thousand dollars. Yeah, that's, I just I can use that four thousand for something else. Yeah. I could I could hire some guy to <laughs> to, to carry hold his it really steady. Around. Hey, you're shaking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Stop shaking. You're gonna get
1: deducted <laughs> from your pay. Yeah. So uh yeah so that's gonna go back and I have to just set that up that return up still. All right, but yeah, so well, a lot of pack, a s- lot of packing, a lot of. So
0: you know, I I think the big lesson is out of the what six, seven, eight things that we've talked about. Uh, you you had about a fifty percent hit rate. It seems like yeah, It seems like about fifty percent of them kind of kind of kind of hit. And the odd thing is, uh, all the super expensive ones were not the ones that really worked out, which you would think
1: <laughs> would kind of work, but um, I, yeah, I guess not. I guess I guess I'm just also just kind of visualizing myself uh, using these things, and and also I'm thinking, you know, the single handle gimbals are going to get better and better. Yep. And I wouldn't mind flying my FS5 and and you know maybe uh, just kind of keeping it small, not not putting all that extra weight on there, um, and maybe attaching um, you know my my Odyssey to it. But I can do that. I could do that on something as small as the h2 so i'm just gonna maybe hold out and see what what the other things are in store for me
0: yeah yeah i think i, th- I think that that's good i mean you kind of have to think of that you know the good old businessing the roi return on investment yes exactly right? exactly i mean you know uh you know you can only hold the thing for like about like 30 seconds uh, but you're paying four thousand bucks for it how about you know think of something else
1: yeah Think of something else, like maybe a, a GH five on my Came TV. Cycle. There
0: you go. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. A little GH five action. That's the way we want to do it, yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I I, I think that's correct. I yeah. think that's correct. Well, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm also sad and disappointed. <laughs> And uh because I, I know it breaks your heart that sometimes these things just don't work out, especially the, the things that you are um really hoping on, you know, some yeah. of those big ticket items. Yeah. Um so, sorry Keith, we'll we'll make it up to you somehow. You know, I'm a little bye. heartbroken that I can't, I know, I can't well, keep these well, things. I know. Well you'll go to next year's NAM and find sixty other <laughs> different things and you'll 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 get over it. You'll you'll be fine. All right, well, uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's the trials and tribulations of Keith Moreau. Keith, thank you very much for sharing that just utterly dastardly uh, experience that you had. And thank you. You know, therapy will be uh, paid for by the home office of Tech Move. So, uh, uh, thank Keith, you. Um, thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, but you know what? Keith, we've come to the end of the show. It's it's the actual
1: end of this particular show? It is. Episode 35? It is the show. Yes. Wow.
0: Episode 35 is going to come to a conclusion. Some people are saying right now, thank goodness for that. Yeah. But uh, there are others there who wish that we continued on for another five hours, which is not unheard of for us. (laughs) But you know what, Keith? Let's just roll that up into episode 36. What do you say? Okay. Let's do that. Fantastic. Keith. Uh, let's tell the good folks at home where they can reach us. Uh, First, let me share, because I know this off the top of my head, and you can hit us up on our website, which is at www.techmovepodcast.com. And I know one of our other favorite things is how they can help support the show. Keith, I'll let you tell us uh, all about that little thing.
1: Uh, They can support us by going to our website and clicking on any of the Amazon links. And then if you click on those links, you'll get to Amazon, and you can buy whatever you want, and we'll get a commission on that. Or you can go to techmovepodcast.com slash Amazon and also uh, use that little cookie to buy anything through Amazon, and we'll get a commission.
0: And that really helps us support uh, the podcast to be able to keep it on air and keep all this fun and and silliness that we enjoy doing so much. Mm um so we we appreciate that if you can use that link that would be fantastic uh we also want to remind all of you to subscribe to us on itunes Mm -hmm. look for us it's called tech move and uh we'd love comments we'd love some reviews again as we always say only positive ones uh we are also on facebook tech move podcast you'll find us there i think we have a twitter handle is that correct yes at tech move podcast fantastic and you can i think you can also you know this is what's great too you can uh, find us on stitcher search mm-hmm. for tech move and i think we also have a new thing that we're available on is that correct
1: yes we're actually on a, another um podcast site called player fm and you just uh, search for tech move and you'll find us there
0: fantastic player fm thank you very much for uh housing tech move uh we we really uh, appreciate it. that's really really great all right keith uh another uh show down the tubes and uh, uh and thank you very much for uh all the great discussion and all the great product reviews and all uh listening to my whining and crying about everything else so uh thank you so much keith we really appreciate it you're welcome rod all right that's keith moreau i have been rod Louis, and we want to thank you so much for joining us on tech move and until next time we'll see you uh well next time hey thanks a lot everybody thanks for joining us see ya